Glenn. That would make him Griffin. Sheesh. That's a... You know, the thing is, too, about losing, um, especially losing like that, I, I hate saying this because there's this weird feeling that you have where there, there's a the dichotomy between, hey, if you're going to lose, you know, and if you're going to see a pitcher get his ass kicked, maybe it's better to see the pitcher get his ass kicked that isn't part of the long-term plan. The flip side, for now, the bigger problem is, I don't know which of the young pitchers. Like, as excited as we are about Grayson Rodriguez the night before, I don't know if Grayson Rodriguez is going to be able to hold up in order to be able to pitch for you throughout the playoffs. The guys that, like, you know are going to be available to this team for as long as they're playing this season are Kyle Gibson and Jack Flaherty. And the guys that have gotten their asses handed to them the last time's out, Kyle Gibson and Jack Flaherty. Now again, we're excited about Grayson Rodriguez. We're glad that Kyle Bradish seemed to work through the little bit of the hitch that he had. We we want to see Dean Kramer more consistently be good Dean Kramer. We want the guys that are here and that are going to be a part of this thing for some time to come to all be guys that we feel confident in. But it's a strange feeling. It's just a strange way to compare these things because I don't know if those guys are all going to be available. And the other guys definitely will. So, you know, we're, we're moving into paradox territory again. It's not... It's not the end of the world that the Orioles lost a baseball game. They get the opportunity to go back out there tonight. Try to shake it off. Move past it. Win another series. Keep things humming along. Uh, God bless Los Gigantes. They uh, got the job done. Shut out the Rays last night. Big thumbs up all around. Love that. But it's just a weird feeling you have. And we try to figure out. Because I feel like much of what I'm watching right now, I'm trying to enjoy the moment. I'm not trying to get past that. But I'm also trying to determine if this team really has enough pitching specifically to try to make a deep run. And it's a just a weird vibe because as excited as I get about Grayson Rodriguez, I keep saying to myself, but is Grayson Rodriguez going to be able to pitch in the ALCS? Like, just, you're just kind of waiting for there, there to be a fall-off. Well, not even a fall-off. Or, or just a halt. Or something. Yeah. Whatever that thing is, that's the difficult part about defining this. His forearm or something. It's, I, we keep saying, like, I don't know that he's just absolutely going to start sucking at some point. Versus, I don't know that the organization is going to have to say at some point, like, we have an obligation, we got to slow this thing down. He could maybe be our fourth starter in a playoff series, but no more than that. I, the guys that, are, that we know have innings in them that have no problem whatsoever, no restriction, no debate, indisputable, are two guys. And they're the guys whose brains are getting beat in. The guys that we have, we just don't know. We can be hopeful. In a, in a perfect world, inning limits be damned. Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Bradish, Dean Kramer. Hell, throw Cole Irvin into the conversation. Tyler Wells. Well... Maybe. Right. 
I mean, t- the Tyler Wells thing was always th- awkward because he was still giving up a ton of home runs, like, yeah. even when he was good. Like, it's a... It's a <sighs> um, I, but sure, whatever. In a perfect world, those guys are all... Because they're the guys that are a part of this thing moving forward. They're all pitching very well. We're feeling super confident about them. And it looks like the Orioles have a rotation for their future for the next three years to compete year in and year out. But we, we can't ignore or pretend like that's not a thing right now that we at least have to be aware of, concerned about, whatever you want to call it with this group of guys. And on the flip side, there are two guys that are essentially mercenaries. There are two guys... I, last night, I would have made Jack Flaherty pitch until his arm fell off. Presumably, sadly for Nick Vespi, he's probably not going to be part of the team. I'm going to guess that someone was informed to get on a plane last night and be prepared to get to San Diego as quickly as possible. But if it was me... You get, you're going 115 pitches, and I don't care how many runs you give up. I don't care what it does to your numbers. You're the guy that can throw the pitches. And this is kind of, I, I just don't know if you can map a way there without John Means being involved or this not being Jack Flaherty's story. But again, we kind of knew this was Jack Flaherty's story when the Orioles acquired him. We could be hopeful and say, well, maybe they could find something the Cardinals couldn't find. But we were spitting in the face of what he had actually done. His velocity was up last night, too, which was... He was getting hit hard. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was getting hit. I mean, part of it, obviously, in the first thing, he walked three straight guys. I mean, it was a... That's the the, the story. Look, the game turned, obviously, on one swing of the bat. Mm -hmm. But the bigger issue than the home run was that he walked three dudes. I mean, he gave up five runs in the first inning on two hits. That's brutal. 73 pitches in the first two innings. Second most all season. By what did he finish with? Uh, he finished in with four what, innings. 84. You, you're, you, have the, you have it. Yeah, I know. I, or, uh, or I, is, I did have it. I say, say, what did he finish with? And Griffin's like, ah, I don't know. I can guess. <laughs> I would like to know the number. I was trying to get an answer. That was like the reason why I asked the question. 84 through to three innings. Zero chance I wouldn't have put him back out there for, for the fourth. fourth. Yeah. Zero. I, I thought so, too. I mean, None. And, and honest after, to God. After a clean third, you know, like. Maybe for the fifth, too. Right? Like, I get it. You, I, that's spiteful. I don't want to I don't want to say that. They went in order in the third inning, so. I, I, it's insane to me that he wouldn't go back out for the fourth. Like, it's nuts. Like, did you think that you were changing your likelihood of winning the baseball game by pulling... Jack Flaherty after the third inning? I mean... Had to get Nick Vespia's looks. Get out of here. Look, I mean, it was bad all around. It was... It was bad oh. all around. That, that didn't sound good, I guess. What? I, pl- I tried to play with my sound. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we got to work on that. Yeah. We'll tighten that up moving forward. All right. I appreciate the, the thought. <laughs> I, I do like the world in which you take on more producer responsibilities. I like that. Um, we should think about creating a GCR soundboard online right. where we have various other sounds that if we if somebody says something, you know, Andrew Stecka like the, liking the idea of two guys, things like that, just things that are said that are worth isolating and going back to, that's, that's the next level of producership. 
producemans ship. I don't know what the, the Produce, correct phrase. Producership, I think. It's fine. We'll just leave Production. it alone. That's probably the case, but I don't like that as much. Um, so I do, I appreciate the thought and the effort. It's not nothing. Just got to tighten up the timing on uh, when we fire our, our little sounds moving forward. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else there is to say. Brutal night. A brutal night. I... The Orioles hopefully will move on. Look, they had a brutal night last Friday night. They turned around and they won two straight games against the Mariners. It's weird how like maybe we're this is lining up to be like when they lose, they really lose. Right. Like that's why their run differential is so Yeah, it's it doesn't really say anything. Kind of a weird bit that they're doing where like they really lose when they lose, but man, um Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a whole lot of, like I could be disappointed about having the bases loaded and one out and eh. I don't know that it was going to make a difference. Well, I mean, I'm still disappointed by it. Like, especially with Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes coming to the plate, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie and pretend like I'm not disappointed by it. I am. Maybe if they come through there, they do put Flaherty. Yeah, I guess it'd be less likely. I'm not sure. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no clue what the thought process was. I really don't know why he pulled. And I'm sure he, he was asked. Well, I, maybe he was asked about it afterwards. I don't even know how many beat writers are. In San Diego right now. Rough. All around rough. But, you know, that's baseball, and these things happen, and I'm sure for some people the pleasant part was that you could go to bed after a little while. You said, well, not going to bother to step and continue watching this. Uh, Dean Kramer, Blake Snell, the pitching matchup for Game 3 of the series tonight at 8.40. Um, yeah, 840 tonight, not 940. So that's also pleasant. Thank you. Shout out this. I don't know why they, they play a 540 local time game. That's a very odd bit, but I'm in favor of it because it ain't 940. I'm just, thank you. Swell decision. It's more like a central time game than it is like a, a, a West coast game. And I, I saw a bunch of people talking yesterday about how like, it just feels like the Orioles have been shaping up to face everybody else's best pitchers. Yeah. And I, I don't really know what to say about that. Like, I I just don't know. <laughs> Other teams have good pitchers. If the Orioles acquired those guys, then they wouldn't have to face them. They would have them. I, Lucas Giolito struggled, too. It's it's not just Jack Flaherty. I know Giolito struggled, but it feels like all of the other pitching acquisitions have gone pretty well for the teams. Well, yeah, the ones named Verlander and Scherzer, of course. Well, those guys I heard, are here good. It starts with that. Those guys are pretty Friggin' good. And so that helps when you're looking to acquire a pitcher to get somebody who's pretty friggin' good instead of acquiring a guy who had not been good and simply hoping that they would be something else when they arrived here. The worst case scenario being the belief that you had acquired an innings eater, maybe a Jordan Lyles type, and you didn't even get that. I, again, I'm not trying to be overdramatic about it, but I just don't know that there is a path to serious contention, doing things that really matter in the postseason unless you get far more from specifically Flaherty Gibson. I, I just keep coming back to I'm trying not to be too too much of a worry wart when it comes to these other things, and I know everybody just would keep saying, well, let it play out. Let it see what happens. We We know... It is drastically unlikely that all of these other guys will just continue to be able to pile up innings. 
Respect the Orioles trying to go to a six-man rotation. You see the problems it sets up. On a night like last night, you're running low on pitchers, and they seemed unwilling to consider the off day on Thursday and trot, I don't even know who that would have been, who would have been the the third pitcher after the uh, they went uh, they went Bauman and Fuji no 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 I'm saying who would have been the oh. starter that you could have you could have pulled in Uh-oh. last night if you had so desired and then you know gone back to flare like if after after yeah. the first I don't even know what the situation would have been because once it, they scored five it's so unlikely that you're coming back from that that I can understand why they would say nah we're not gonna mess things up at all do you smell something by the way. Smells like like lemon pledge. Oh yeah, it kind of does a little yeah, like cleaning. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, it's like it's, that. It's that odd mix of pleasant, but also like you associate it with like when somebody puked in the bathroom or something like that. Like you associate <laughs> growing up, the only reason why you ever needed to smell lemon pledge is because yeah. something bad happened. Right. So like it's a pleasant smell. You're like, oh, that's nice. But then like y- you just remember like, oh right, the only reason why I ever smelled lemon pledge as a kid was because somebody just made a mess. <laughs> Remember that sawdust they would put down when somebody would puke? It was oh, like, what, yeah. what is that it even? Was like, what is it supposed to be, like a quick dry or something? I guess. I, guess. I don't like, know, man. I, I I don't know. Wood chips. But it would happen all the time. In elementary yeah. school. This is, boy, man, I don't know where we just went here because <laughs> it's, it's more pleasant than talking about it. Speaking of Speaking of puking all <laughs> over yourselves, Jack, Jack Flaherty. Flaherty. <laughs> so you remember... Uh, in the, like elementary school, kids would just puke, like in the middle of class. They'd be walking down the hallway, they just puke. It would just happen, and it was like part of life. They just puke anywhere. There was no like, I feel like I'm going to puke. I need to get to a trash can. I need to get to a bathroom because you're a child. You don't you don't understand what's going on. You'd be like in the middle of running around, and all of a sudden, you know. They get recess. Yeah. That kid that was trying way too hard at recess. That kid that was way too into the recess dodgeball As game. He yeah. Pushed himself way ball. too yeah, thank you. Yeah. Pushed himself way too far and would suddenly just <laughs> everywhere. That kid that kid. That kid. It was kickball. It was outside. It, was, it wasn't quite as significant when it happened outside. Huh. But it would happen inside, uh, just okay. on the floor of the school. Regularly. Put a halt to everything. I don't know why I have such vivid memories of it. I don't think, I'm trying to think if it was ever I think, me. I feel like I don't. <laughs> oh, my only, uh, in my only, my only puking on the floor story actually was as an adult. Well, that I remember. I mean, I, it might have happened. Gymnasium floor. No, <laughs> oh, okay. it was. Uh, I was working at a a big box store when I was okay. a younger man. When I was like 18, 19, something like that. It might have been twenty. I don't know. Whatever, somewhere in that range. You know, thirty something. Yeah, I don't think so. I think I had moved on from my. Big box store days. <laughs> and I always uh, signed up for the 6 a.m. shift because it was the one when you didn't have to deal with people, mm. right? Like, we could just go in for, like, four hours before the store opened, do some work. I could put some prints on the loudspeakers and piss off everybody in the store, right? Like, because they were like, dude, are you going to listen to prints again today? Yeah, I am. Deal with it. That's the way it's going to go. They'd always be like, this isn't fair. Like, every- you got to pick something for everybody. No, I don't. You can do whatever you want to do with your day. I want to listen to Prince. That's the way it goes. And so I loved working the 6 a.m. shift. The problem was I was also the age where I loved going out and getting drunk the night before. So I was regularly doing the bit where I was drinking until 2 and then working at 6 a.m. It was definitely not healthy. 
And one morning, me and my buddy Matt were both working, and I looked at him. We had both gotten drunk the night before. <laughs> the night before, hours before. <laughs> and like 7.30, I looked at him. I'm like, dude, I've, I've done my best here, but I'm going to have to go puke. And I just remember feeling like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to go puke. I'm going to get it You're all out, better. and then I'll, yeah. I'll go right back to work. All's good, man. <laughs> like, no problem. And I was kind of proud of myself. Like, look at how much work I got done before I had to puke, and then... It's going to be a minor interruption. Like, things are really moving along. All's good here, right? So, I, you know, I start walking towards the bathroom, and all of a sudden, I'm like, maybe I need to run. <laughs> like, maybe I need to run. I, there you was, didn't make it. We had, a, we had a janitor at the time. Okay. It worked at the store. His name was Roland, if I remember correctly. That's great a guy. Name. That's a good Gr- name, too. Great guy. Really good guy. Like, one of the nicest people you'll ever come across. We all love this guy, right? And I could feel it coming as I, like, open the door of the bathroom. And as soon as I open the door, right there all over the floor. Oh, man. Making matters worse, I look up, and Roland is standing there (laughs) watching this whole thing. And he's, like, like, had been cleaning the bathroom. Had probably just cleaned the floor that I had puked all over. Oh, my God. And I look up at Roland, and I'm like, I am so sorry. And he just sort of rolls his eyes, laughs. He's like. Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> Rolling. And, like, I could just tell that's, like, the face of someone who's, like, I've been through it all. I've seen <laughs> everything there is to see. Like, this doesn't affect me in any way. But, dude, there, I mean, I'm telling you, door open, first step in, all over the floor, you know, look up. Oh, no. And I'm pretty sure. I'll just start crying. And I'm pretty sure I even was, like, dude, I'll clean it up. Give me your ma. Ugh. God. Because I felt so bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's definitely the right thing yeah, to do. Yeah, and he, he was like, it's, it's what it is. Roland. It's when I think when I hear Roland, Roland, I think of the, the, the T-Rex hunter in Jurassic Park 2. Ah. His name was Roland. There we go. And I thought he was a really cool guy. Okay. And so Roland, and now, you know, Roland just always goes through a really cool name, really cool person. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, yeah. To your point, I guess probably Cole Irvin or... So Kyle no, I'm Gibson, trying to would have like to, to bring in as a long guy. Who started? Finish. Who started? Or who would have been in line? Now, I guess the only option would have been Kramer. No, yeah, no, no. yeah. Well, because yeah. well, hang on a second. I'm doing this wrong. You played six straight days. You wouldn't have had this option. You didn't. You didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Because Gibson pitched. Wait a, Friday. Wait a second. If no, because if Gibson pitched Friday, then he could pitch. He could have hypothetically pitched today. Yeah. He could have turned around and been on normal rest and pitched today. Yes. So you could have done this. What I this is the math that I wasn't doing in my head correctly. They could have gone to Kramer last night and said, "We can still keep everybody on six days of wet rest, other than Gibson. Pitch Gibson tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Use the off day on Thursday, and it's still a, and then a, jump right back, yeah, right, and go and reset the six man rotation from there." They didn't choose to do that, and by not choosing to do that, I, it kind of made me say, like, no, you understand that Jack Flaherty's role is to go out and if you're going to get your ass kicked, get your ass kicked. I, I know we kind of giggle about what's going on what's going on with Jordan Lyles this season, but, like... He does his job. He let there, seven runs again last night, I think. There, There is something to be said for, dude, you got to go get innings. That's just the way it is. Now, nobody wants that pitcher to be as bad as Jordan Lyles has been. Jordan Lyles has been terrible, obviously. But whatever the the scenario is, the one thing you could say about Jack Flaherty was you hoped that the Orioles tapped in 
to the better version of Jack Flaherty that had existed previously. But worst case scenario, you were getting a veteran that could eat innings. And given all of the inning stuff, you had to find that guy. That was the bare minimum of what you could accomplish, was find someone that could eat innings. And that's why I'm, again, I, I hate continuing to go on and on and on about it because it, it almost sounds like I'm a broken record, but with the fears that I have, with the realities that are facing the other pitchers in this rotation, I just don't know that there's a roadmap to be able to get to where you want to get to that doesn't involve innings out of Jack Flaherty, Kyle Gibson, quality innings, or miraculously John Means coming back and being a guy that can deliver you innings. But that's so far. Didn't didn't he struggle last night too in his appearance? Didn't he have a rough um, first I'm... inning? Pull up John Means' numbers from last night. Two things. I, first, I want you to pull up what John Means did last night, and then I want you to pull up what Drew Rom did last night yes. because Drew Rom was mad. It was tough. It was tough. Yes. I don't remember who shared it on Twitter. I remember if it was Camden Chad or Utah Street Report. I know I don't... the Verge shared or or they, they, at okay. least they sent a stat line out. Somebody somebody shared it like right as maybe run six and seven were scoring last night, and I wanted to throw something. I just I I just couldn't take it. I I was prepared to. By the way, I also at one point I got so frustrated at the game that I tried to watch the Netflix thing. The um. Untold. untold, and then my my son was having a nightmare, and so he came down and jumped into my arms, and we actually both fell asleep on the couch. Me, me holding my son after he had a nightmare, so I didn't even get to watch that either. It was a very unpleasant evening. I mean, it was fine me holding my son; that was that wasn't the problem at all. But the rest of it, <laughs> the rest of it, very unpleasant. Uh, he had thirty three pitches in the first inning. John Means did, um, and allowed like three runs. Right? Yes, yeah, he yeah. allowed through an inning and a third. He was pulled at 45, so I think that was his cap. 45 was his cap. So he went an inning, inning and a third, allowed four runs. He walked two, allowed three hits, including two doubles. Um, uh, he did have four strikeouts. Okay. Also, all four outs were punch outs. <laughs> okay. Uh, they were, I know they were in a rain delay. Maybe that threw them off a little bit. They, they, uh, they had to push back. Stop. Stop. I appreciate what you're trying to do, but... And then Drew Rom. Not encouraging. <laughs> it, there's no way of getting around it. Not encouraging. Drew Rom, who was, of course, on the yeah, Redbirds. Yeah, so last night, Jack Flaherty, of course, pitched for the Orioles in San Diego. Drew Rom, who the Orioles included in the Jack Flaherty deal, pitched for the AAA affiliate of the St. Louis Cardinals against... The uh, Norfolk Tides. Ah, the, the Orioles, AAA yeah. affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. Well, how'd that go? Uh, he did pretty good. Picked up his ninth win of the season. He went six innings, did not allow a run on one hit, uh, and he walked two batters and had eight strikeouts in those six innings. So, gonna gonna need that. Gonna need things to change. I mean, you know, it's probably you know just the revenge angle, obviously. And then he'll probably go back to getting yeah, yeah. go back to his five ERA sure, that he has. Sure, I hope so. I hope so. All right. All right, that's it. That's your update. That's your update of what happened last night. It was uh, just unpleasant all around. All right, when we come back in, we're gonna. Yeah, play- I mean, if you stayed up, you did hear Kevin Brown, obviously. Oh right, yeah. yeah. This was the okay. Thank you for reminding me because it wasn't. A- First of all, the play-by-play of Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald with a little girl yes, eating the, the ice cream. Entire inning. <laughs> the, 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 this is something that unfortunately we've 
we've dealt with a lot in our lives as Orioles fans, which is the wrong side of blowout games where the announcers just get into the part of the game where they're just doing whatever they want to do. And a lot of it over the years has been Jim Palmer telling stories. Well, of course, we have never had a problem listening to Jim Palmer tell stories over the years. That's always been quite pleasant for us. But the ice cream thing from last night was very good. Somehow, and I got to be honest with you, I, I had either started to nod off or I had checked out or whatever. I don't even know what the setup was that Kevin began speaking about Blink-182. I don't, I don't even know I either. don't I remember, was... but I was so disconnected exactly. from the game at that point that I don't know how we got to this point. But by far and away, the best part of the game last night was this moment. Tom has this like, very distinct nasally voice. You know, so he goes, where are you? And I'm so sorry. Now I recognize you it. You do. Yeah, yeah there we go. <laughs> By the way, spot on. It was. It was. Spot on. You always know when Tom's singing and when Mark's singing in a Blink-182 <laughs> song. Very distinct. There's no question about that. And that is the best example of it whatsoever. Where are you? All the... And, like, it comes yeah. off as he's a bad singer. Right. And I remember when I was younger, I was like, dude, this guy can't sing. I liked the songs anyway because it was fun and I had all my teenage angst uh, built up in me. <laughs> but, like, in a weird way as the years have gone on, I've, like, accepted it. Like, I remember growing up getting to fights with my friends, like, Blink-182 shouldn't do ballads. They're, they're not good enough singers for them to do ballads. And then, like, weirdly, I saw them a couple months ago at the, the arena and I was like, Oh, man. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to it. Like, it's been in my life for so long that I just accepted it. I'm like, ah, it sounds great. <laughs> it sounds great. Or maybe I'm just wistful for being young. I'm not sure what it is. Um, I, thank you. That was courtesy of Masson. I'm sorry. I guess yes, I should have yes, made yeah. that very clear. And that, I hope that's okay. I hope we're allowed to. Oh, boy. Eh, I might get a phone call about that. Whatever. I'll deal with it later. It was great. It was wonderful. All hail Kevin Brown. Maybe that should be a more regular thing, like a just have Kevin Brown start in, a, in blowout games, like Kevin Oakey. You know, <laughs> like maybe I'd be in favor of that becoming a thing moving forward. Hopefully, there won't be. Well, blowouts the other way would be fine, but hopefully, there won't be many more games of the Orioles, the ones getting drubbed because Gary Sanchez hit a grand slam in the first inning. Unpleasant. <sighs> baseball man it's baseball it's the way things go all right um hey there is a new print issue of press box that is available officially today wherever you find press box throughout town including your neighborhood royal farms you can also read it all at pressboxonline.com on the cover bo smolka dives into post-contract lamar jackson um, about now the expectations the weight of the contract is he ready to help this team take the next step as a franchise and break through. It is a very good cover story from Bo Smolka as we get ready for the start of football season. Also inside, a um, lot of content about the new college football coaches in the area, getting to know Brian Newberry at Navy, who, by the way, will join us on GCR tomorrow before they get ready to head out to Dublin. Also Pete Shinnick, of course, at Towson. A lot of content in there about those new coaches. Meet college football players and college soccer players from the region, all in this print issue of Press Box. I will tell you that the most personal and emotional story I've ever written for Press Box, personal, let me not say emotional, because I've written about a lot of emotional topics 
Mo, of course. Um, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it's the most emotional, but most personal that I've ever written about. There's a story that I wrote, and there's a little picture there on the final page of my uh, my shirtless son and uh, his new buddy Emil from Quebec. And I've told the story uh, here on the show, and I I talked about it a little bit on um, social media. But um, the Orioles season and what it what it's meant to my family and what it meant to creating a bond and a friendship with some some folks that barely speak English. Um, it's it's special, it's personal for me, and I wrote about it in this print issue of Pressbox. So go get that right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. When we come back in, uh, we'll dive into Would You Rather Wednesday. That'll be next. Scenarios are up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. We'll get to it here on GCR. Hike to new heights. The best view is yours in Washington County. Our iconic scenic overlooks provide some of the most breathtaking vistas in the mid-Atlantic. Some are very easy walks, some can be driven to, and some are the payoff for a moderate to difficult hike. All are near quaint small towns that offer great dining, shopping, hiking gear, and more. Explore our five national parks for iconic vistas and wineries with breathtaking views. Visit our quaint historic towns and make your stay unforgettable. Learn more at visithagerstown.com. Maryland, be open. America's biggest bike race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Soak up summertime fun in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouth-watering eats, and endless entertainment. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two N's in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glennclark23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER i'm michael jan grandy president of aj michaels your carrier energy expert for 44 years save money energy and make your home more comfortable and virus free find us at ajmichaels.com that's ajmichaels.com Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland
picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. So things go from bad to worse this morning. Just coming in here talking about how frustrating last night was baseball-wise. And then as we're having that conversation, completely out of the blue news that is about as disastrous as possible. Mike Garofolo reports the Baltimore Ravens will be without Marlon Humphrey. He's expected to miss time with an injury that may require a medical procedure, and his status for the start of the season is now up in the air. Griffin reads this to me during the break, and I say, what am I missing? Now, the joint practice with the commanders got underway this morning at 9.30, and a couple of reporters had mentioned that he wasn't out there. But Marlon Humphrey finished practice yesterday. He didn't leave practice early. He went, in fact, to the podium afterwards and spoke with the media, and nothing was said. So from all's good to might not start the season. And it really messes with me because it becomes it, – it, it, one of the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios that I posted almost oh, feels geez. silly now. Mike Garofolo uh, went on. Marlon Humphrey finished the Ravens' joint practice with the Commanders yesterday, but is not on the field today. His status for the foreseeable future is to be determined. Which, by the way, if that was all he said, like I don't, I, I don't know how concerned that would be. It's the part where he said may require a medical procedure. His status for the start of the season is now up in the air. What? What's the injury? Nobody knows. When did it happen? Nobody knows. We have no answers on that. But it immediately opens up a conversation that is far more significant for the Baltimore Ravens. It immediately goes to the place of where we all were almost flabbergasted by how thin this team chose to be at the cornerback position. And how many times did we say, yeah, you have Marlon Humphrey, but you don't have much behind that. And somebody would, you know, you would point out that Rocky Seen got hurt too. I don't know how much confidence we felt in Rocky Seen. Like, I don't think there was a world where we we're all like, oh, cool. Well, if, as long as Rocky Seen's out there, all's good. This is... This was as thin as I had ever remembered the Ravens being coming into a season at the cornerback spot, which was obviously different for us because for the last couple of years, we had heard about how their belief is that you build from the outside in defensively. And we always had room to debate about that and question whether or not that was the correct strategy. But that was what they were telling us was their, the analytics tell you the way to build a good defense is to start with a strong secondary. 
And every time I heard that, I kept saying, right, but when the game's on the line, it seems like the thing that you need is to make a play up front. That the rules of the NFL say you can statistically be a good defense with a strong secondary, but, like, every time the play needs to be made to win a game, it kind of needs to be made by somebody up front. This is is weirder in general because they kind of didn't prioritize either this offseason. As I keep saying, it's weird how the Ravens did so little on the whole. It was unfair. Somebody brought up to me, like, you you said they never replaced Marcus Peters. Well, they would tell you they did with Rock Yassine. And, mean, and if Marcus Peters, if, if, he re- if it really is over for him, if last year was the sign of the, the total decline, then sure, you could say that Rocky Scene could be a Marcus Peters replace. He, he could probably replace the level that we saw when it was at his worst last season. So it was unfair for me to say they didn't replace him at all as long as you accept that Marcus Peters, that's it. Like, the story of what happened last year is now the story of Marcus Peters. It has been wildly bizarre how little the Ravens invested at the cornerback position. Now, part of this is what happens when you don't have a second-round pick. There's only so many things you can address early in the draft. And we are all in favor of the Ravens addressing offense. And as we've been saying for a few weeks, the answer to the defensive problems might be nothing more than they're going to have to score more points. And they're going to have to be better offensively to make up for what are going to be obvious deficiencies defensively. And they're going to need young players to step up and take on roles. This thing, it's so difficult to talk about the Marlon Humphrey thing because there's such a a wild difference between he might not be there for week one and could he be out for the first four to six weeks of the season? Like, there's such a bizarre difference and there's so, without knowing knowing what even the injury is. Like, is it just something, because what, Joe Burrow had appendicitis last preseason? I don't really want to compare it to that. Right, yeah, well, if it's, you know, if there's just like a random, uh, just some sort of random medical, I guess. By the the way, Ian Rappaport says it's a foot injury. Okay, so that does does not make you feel good at all. Well, here's more. Uh, From Ian Rappaport, Ravens All-Pro cornerback Marlon Humphrey is dealing with a foot injury and is expected to have surgery today. Sources say. The hope is he's back in a little over a month. So out for the first couple of games. Hey, by the way, they play the Bengals in week two. Well. No no big deal. Just Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd in week two. But they'll have Kavon Seymour, we hope. It has always been bizarre. It has always been weird. And I am understanding of there are only so many things you can address and, like, injuries happen and all of, like... I, it is bizarro that the Ravens didn't do more to address their cornerback depth. Bizarre. And they're kind of in this situation because of it. Um, 
I, I don't have the, you know, it's easy to say go sign somebody off the street. You're getting what you're getting at this point. It's going to be another 29, 30-year-old corner probably. I mean, like, you're, like, there are guys that are out there. You can go sign William Jackson today. Go right ahead. Sign William Jackson. How's that doing for your confidence? You can start talking about whether or not somebody might be cut. But that's what you're talking about. Putting your faith in week two against the Bengals in someone... That was just cut. Correct. The immediate unfortunate part about this is you're probably going to have to ask Kyle Hamilton to play a little more corner. I mean, that's, to me, the reality. That's, I, I think that's where you're at. At least for now. And, and hope for the best. And it's not... I don't think a disastrous scenario, but I think a lot of people were hoping for this to be the season where Kyle Hamilton could become more of the game-changing playmaker. And that's a bit more difficult to do if you are forced to pigeonhole him into coverage. Ain't great. And then we were just talking about all the pressure that's going to be on, I guess, Lamar in the offense now. To I mean, now uh, to me that really that really is the takeaway. Like if I'm writing my column about yeah. this topic, that's the the takeaway is they're going to have to score if the bang, they're going to let up 40 points to the Bengals, which kind of just feels like a done deal. Let's now. not you know <laughs> ease up. We got to score ease 41. Up. That's the but that's the the reality is when you decided to put your investments on that side of the ball, like this is the game you're going to have to play, and. Maybe they're going to be ready to. Like, maybe the yeah. offense will be clicking and there will not be those types of growing pains to begin the season. Maybe the offense will be in good position to score a bunch of points and make up for the defensive inefficiencies. I'm. I ain't confident. <laughs> I don't know how you can be. It's uh, I, I'm trying. I again, I'm I'm trying not to overreact or make it seem like the the sky is falling. Oh. thank you, Ryan. Yeah. I. It ain't. It ain't good. It ain't good. And it again goes back into all of the questions that we've had all along about the construction of this team and just. Not addressing it at all. At all. And maybe it speaks to kind of the problems they were dealing with at the beginning with getting the Lamar Jackson thing done, and maybe they found themselves behind the eight ball because they couldn't really address other things while they were trying to figure out the Lamar Jackson situation. And by the time they finally got that figured out, they were left in a bind because there were only so many players available and they just couldn't justify spending a certain amount of money. Whatever it was, whatever the reasons may be why they found themselves in this spot. And my answer might be then maybe was it worth it to be more aggressive? Could you have signed Odell Beckham a little bit earlier? If that's what it took. If Lamar Jackson said, I'll, I'll be good, go get me DeAndre. Maybe you move a little bit quicker on these things. Boy, boy, um, alarming, alarming, concerning news. Marlon Humphrey, foot injury, having surgery today. It also leaves you to be like, 
when, where, you know, like, do you have all these other questions? Right. That, like, I mean, obviously, when you hear foot, you think of a list, Frank. So, like, if. Don't want it. Don't want it. We don't. We're just speculating. We don't know right, anything. Right, right, right. We don't know right. anything, and I don't want to say anything that we don't know. <sighs> Fun day. Remember what I said? Like, nothing matters other than everybody staying healthy. That's the only. I don't care. Like, that's the only thing I care about. Again, I look, the words aren't out for the season. It's not torn ACL. It's not, it, you know, the news could be far worse. And unfortunately, the, the reality is that somebody probably will be lost for the season at some point. You could argue that outside of Lamar Jackson, there is no single player the Ravens could, this season, less afford to lose than Marlon Humphrey simply because of what they did at the position. You know, like, they wouldn't want to lose Ronnie Stanley again. Right. But they have a deeper offensive line they in general. They there. They, sh- they certainly want to, wouldn't want to lose Mark Andrews. He's an outstanding player. But we feel like they have a lot of pass catchers, and they, they could probably be okay. They wouldn't be as good. They wouldn't have their best, but they would probably be okay in the pass catching department. They wouldn't want to lose Roquan Smith because they just spent $20 million on him. That would stink to lose Roquan Smith for a significant time because they put the money in. But, you know, as as good as Roquan Smith is, if there's a position that we've trusted the Ravens to be able to figure out over the years, it's inside linebacker. I, I do think that outside of Lamar Jackson, that Marlon Humphrey was the second most important player on this football team. And because of that, this is so much more infuriating and frustrating. This is so much more just crushing to get this news this morning. Um, hey, fun. Let's play Would You Rather Wednesday, huh? Today's uh, show is brought to you by Superbook. Superbook.com. Use the code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-23, GlennClark23. When you make your first bet with Superbook, and you'll get a first bet match up to $250. Win or lose, you get that first bet match. So you could win the bet, pocket a bunch of money, and still get $250 worth of free bets. Now, that's if you made a $250 bet. If you made a $75 bet, you'll get it matched up to $75. You make a $50 bet, you'll get it matched up to $50. So, and I mean this, bet on something that's certain. You can do this. Bet on something where the odds mean you'll win next to nothing. But you're getting $250 worth of free bets. Pick the right thing. Don't screw it up. (laughs) But you can do this. You could go bet $250 to win $5. Right? Like, that would be your option. You make a $250 bet, you win $5 betting on, I don't know if there's a a particular week one college football game where, Mm -hmm. like, it's, you know, Alabama versus Chattanooga or something like that. But that type of bet. Make that if you'd like. Ravens preseason, obviously. Oh, sure. Right. That's I don't think it's quite those odds. But whatever it is, Georgia playing Western Kentucky, something along those lines, make a bet that will pay you next to nothing for $250 then you get $250 worth of free bets. 
just do it. Use the code Glenn Clark 23 when you do. It's really taking the wind out of the sails for Would You Rather Wednesday. Yeah. There's no way around yeah. it. There's no way around this for two different reasons. One, because nobody's in the mood to have fun today. <laughs> we are a fragile, fragile. Pl- you know what? I made fun of the fragility of Seattle, but we are fragile here. Like, Marlon Humphrey's going to be out for a few weeks, and it's like we think we need to put the the, the flags at half mass. No one tweeted Glenn, or he may become, he may cross a line. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, yeah, the flags. It. We, we are, <laughs> that's the way that we operate on a day like today. It, like, no one wants to have any fun. Secondarily, I put it in a scenario related to the Ravens' edge rush, and now no one gives a rat's ass about that because they have no cornerbacks. So we'll do it. <laughs> For the sake of doing it, we'll play Would You Rather Wednesday. It's very frustrating. All right, uh, Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, You can win a T-shirt of your choice. We're still going to do that, even though nobody's in the mood. Somebody will still win a T-shirt of their choice from Birdland Sports just for participating in Would You Rather Wednesday. Uh, Would You Rather, number one, I shared the photos... Story in the New York Post. I'm a landlord. My filthy tenant didn't take out the trash for a year. There are pictures. It is a person sitting on her phone in the middle of an apartment surrounded by trash. Just trash everywhere. So I ask you, would you rather... Get a guarantee. Maybe I should read some of the stories so yeah, you guys I have a better like, I mean, the, the picture. It's it's that bad, man. It's that mounds, just mounds of trash. And I, and I imagine they're just sitting there on their phone, so I imagine that's just what they do every day. They just... uh, I The story, I'll just read you a little okay. bit of the story from the New York Post. She's the trashiest tenant he's ever encountered. A landlord named Xi from Qingdao in Shandong Province, China, was stunned when he entered the apartment of a resident who hasn't taken out her trash for more than a year. Video of his dirty discovery, filmed August 10th and obtained by Newsflare, shows the female tenant, who has not been named publicly, sitting among heaps of trash while playing on her phone as another woman clears the junk in her apartment. The trash in the home was piled so high it reached the windows. Oh, my God. And the scent coming from the garbage pile was litter alley. See what they did there? Literally litter alley. The worst Xi had ever encountered. He said he thought he might vomit. Oh, my God. Maybe Roland would be there to help him out. Yeah. Roland would get that cleaned up. The trash was even worse than shown in the video, Xi said, explaining he would already cleaned some of it up before they filmed the grime scene. After five hours of trash pickup, the apartment was finally clean. Five hours. Oh, my God. And and she didn't do anything to help. I'm watching the video now. Yeah, she's just, like, sitting there, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, look, I don't want to make fun of somebody who has a condition. Right, right. The hoarding is a, it's like talking about addiction. This is is not about this woman. It's a valley of garbage. What I'm saying is, would you rather you get a guarantee that the Orioles are going to win the World Series? No. If no. you live <laughs> in this apartment, I don't think I could until it. the season is over. Now I've covered all the grounds here. <laughs> We're going to recreate the apartment in Baltimore. You don't have to go to China. You have to sleep there every night, and you have to spend three other hours every day. So you can't get the bit where like 
Well, yeah, but I'll just, I'm just gonna start go start. Yeah. Nope. Oh. You have to sleep and spend three other hours in this abode. But the Orioles win the World Series. Every day, between now and the end of the season. But the Orioles win the World Series. I, I, I really... Right. Or just take your chances. Honestly, so before... I was just looking at the picture at first, and then once I watched the video... It just seems so much worse. It seems so much worse. I mean, it's just... I mean, I, have it's, not, I actually haven't watched the video for the record. It's. I mean, it's, it, it, it helps because they just kind of pan around real quick, and you can just see... I mean, it is just trash. I mean, the, the, I mean it's a... It's a big room, and mm-hmm. it's just trash. And and she just sits there. Mm-hmm. I, couldn't, you, I couldn't. You're worried too much about her sitting there. Yeah, She's I know. not going to be there. Well, you're right, right. I'm not worried yeah, about you her. You're not worried about I'm, her. I mean, but like, if I'm I'm in her role, like that's like I, that's how I'm going to try to. I guess I'm just going to have to All sit right, on my phone. Now I'm watching the video. Oh God. I know. I mean, it, like it shovels of just garbage. I mean, I don't understand how it even. You say it's a big room. If this is the entire apartment, like it speaks more to the China. Um, yeah. <laughs> Is I there, don't think is there I don't a think bathroom I, in there somewhere? I, I, that part is concerning too. Is there somewhere in there a bathroom? Yeah, Whatever. Right, we're right going to <laughs> We're going to Oh, don't say that. We're going to assume there's a bathroom in there somewhere. Um I I I don't think I could do it. No? I don't think I could do it. I mean, no. and we think the Orioles could, you know, these or these Orioles should be good for yeah, at least another year. I hear you. I hear you. They got a window. I hopefully. I hear you. I don't think I don't think I could. I mean, so so it'd be essentially so the, the month of October, the month of September. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I is it do I get a TV in my room in the um in, in my apartment? You have your phone. You so have I have to watch phone. I have to watch the Ravens games and the Orioles games. You could have your computer your computer. Like I mean you, you would have the ability to watch the games. There there would be no like you could watch them. I know I don't even get to enjoy the World Series, but they No, you could watch <laughs> okay. the, you could even go to the games if you have the means to do it. Like your life the only thing is you have to come back to that, or if you're going sleep to, the, you have there. to find a way to spend three hours and sleep in the abode. I mean, the way they describe the smell. I understand I don't, I don't that, think... but you're going to win the World Series. Do I get a ring? No, for... no, you do not get a ring. You could buy one if you like. You do not get a ring. If I got a World Series ring, you know, as a member of the team, Stop. I might, I might you're, do it. No, I don't think I could do no. it. I All could right. not do this. Two and a half All months. Right. No. All right. Uh, now the one that everybody is struggling with because. Everybody's in mourning now about the Marlon Humphrey situation. Remember yesterday we were talking to um, Seth Walter about the possibility of the Ravens trading for Chase Young. So the second Would You Rather Wednesday scenario was, would you rather the Ravens make the trade that Seth Walter suggested, a third and a fifth round pick for Chase Young, or sign Jadavion Clowney, or do nothing for now? Um, All right, to play the game, I mean, I... You know, I, Chase Walter made a very, or sorry, Chase Seth Walter uh, made a very compelling point yesterday uh, about Chase Young, and I'm, I'm with him. I mean, I don't, I feel like a third and a fifth. I mean, yeah, the Orioles, or the Orioles, the Ravens love their draft capital, love having draft picks, but I mean, Chase Young is still really, really young. I mean, he's no pun intended there. Uh, Chase Young is still, you know, a really young edge rusher and has a lot of potential and you know kind of in the same vein as we kind of view Wadafe Owe I think I think you know if they can find something I feel like that's worth the price and they need they clearly need help on the defense anywhere they can get it right now uh so yeah I would take uh, I would take Chase Young I, I would make the trade go for Chase Young <sighs> this one's tough for me right because I think I agree but I think I agree. There's a part of me that says, like, do we know that Chase Young is definitely better than Jadavion Clowney at this point? 
Like, do we know that? And I'm down on Jadavion Clowney. Like, I don't think he's very helpful. The easy answer is now the third answer, right? Like, do nothing. Address something else. That's the easy answer. Um, I, in the pre-Marlon Humphrey world, whatever you want to call that, B, B, <laughs> BMGH, Marlon getting hurt, BMGH, I think my answer would have been go ahead and pull the trigger. But it is tough for me, too, because of what I bring up about the value of these draft picks. Like, part of the reason why you're in this situation right now is because you didn't address cornerback. Call Rita, by the way. See if she wants to talk about the Marlon Humphrey situation. I don't know. She might be at work today, so that might not. But call her. I just realized we can't call any of the reporters. Fortunately, my first thought was to call the reporters. They're all at practice. And you're not allowed to be on your phone while you're at practice. the whole thing. So we'll call Rita. If if she can. I don't know if she can or not. I really don't because I don't know where she's at with um with her her day job. I I I the value of the picks is so much more significant in this era of of football that um I'm I'm more apprehensive about dealing picks in general. And the argument that, well, you could get a pick back as a compensatory pick. If Chase Young is the Chase Young we've seen for the last couple of years, that might be no more than a late-round pick. And now you've given up two assets, and all you're getting back is a late-round pick. I think I'm willing to do it, or at least I was until this happened, but I'm. it's guarded. It's like, yes, but would have been my reaction. I understand. I'm trying not to take it out on everybody who's responding like, what about cornerback? Yes, thank you. I'm also aware that Marlon Humphrey's hurt now. I, too, have the internet. We wrote the scenario before Marlon Humphrey's injury was known, so do your best to play along, or don't, or don't. Those are the options, but you're not informing me of anything we don't know. Let's talk a little bit more about that situation. She uh, she is my partner. You'll hear us tonight on 105.7 The Fan. Um, she is the NFL chick, Rita Hubbard, and she's back with us now here on GCR. Fun day, friend. Really, really fun day here in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, hey, the one, the, the second person that you needed not yeah. to uh, go down with an injury is down with an injury. And so, um, yeah, fun times around here, it seems. <laughs> um, I, I, there's so much here because it feels like, it, there's as much frustration being expressed about Marlon Humphrey being hurt as there is frustration about why did you never do anything at the cornerback position? And we we actually had this conversation on the show on Sunday, which is like everyone could sort of see this from a mile away, that you lose Marlon Humphrey, you're in hell. With Marlon Humphrey, you are in trouble. You lose Marlon Humphrey, you're in hell. I, I am I'm in a weird place because I have no doubt that there was a shift from this franchise to we're going to have to count on the offense a little bit more. I have no doubt that the Lamar Jackson situation impacted things that they wanted to do in addressing how they improved this team in the offseason, but I still can't get away from everyone with a brain saw this as a problem, and you still did nothing all offseason. Yeah, I mean, 
we knew that, I mean, well, that's not true. It's not they didn't do anything. Obviously, they got Yassin, and then, mm-hmm. you know, so it's not that they didn't yeah, do, but I, I, Yassin hasn't even, hasn't even been there. He hasn't, he's dealing with his own injuries. And, that and we, I don't think yeah. any of us felt any amount of confidence in Rock Yassin either. Like, I think it was more no. like, right, he's a guy, and he's going to have to play given what your options were, but I don't think any of us sat here and said, it's part of the reason why we thought, even with Marlon Humphrey, you were in trouble, because if that was the best you could do, Eesh, eesh. Like it's problematic. So I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and act like that they didn't, um, you know, try because we know that they did go after Darius Slay, and at the last minute, the Eagles um, either matched or you know, I'm assuming they matched the deal that the Ravens were offering, and he stayed. So I'm not gonna sit here and act like they didn't make an attempt. We know that they tried to get Darius Slay; it was unsuccessful. Then we know that they went and got Rocky Sam whatever like you said we're a little indifferent about it but at the end of the day they felt like that he was an upgrade for marcus peters who was dealing with coming back from an injury so it wasn't enough no uh the darius slay situation would have made this a whole lot better but unfortunately he you know decided to stay home understandable but after that you 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 went with i mean i guess second and third tier guys basically and you know we've come to this point but i so I, I'm going to give them grace in the sense that I know that they've, they've tried. We know that last year they allegedly tried to uh, trade for Xavier and Howard. That didn't go through. They know that they have a problem there. The problem is, is that now we're at a situation where anybody that's available is going to be scraped. They're just going to be guys. They're not going to be anybody that's going to be um, impactful players. You could say potentially bring back Kyle Fuller, but I don't. You know, at this okay. point, I gotta wonder if Kyle Fuller's even healthy enough to play, or else I would have oh, thought well, that he was. Oh, there's that part because, uh, and so we talked about, you know, with the Marcus Peters situation. Well, he had the same type of injury. Do you even, you know, is he going to have a slow start in the sense that Peters had? So you don't even know if he's a hundred percent. So I mean, listen, it, it's very unfortunate. And so what this says to me is that this offense that I felt like was going to have a slow first five weeks because they're still trying to figure each other out. They're still trying to figure this offense out. They're going to have to be the ones to overcompensate. Now, that might be a good thing or a bad thing, because when you overcompensate, sometimes you do the most, and you overthink things, and things don't go the way that you want them to. But somebody's going to have to outscore somebody. Until they can get healthy in the backfield uh, from the cornerback perspective, somebody's going to have to outscore somebody. Um, and the Ravens offense better figure out a way to help this defense um, and because they're struggling, obviously. They're struggling with the cornerback position. We know that they're not comfortable with, uh, you know, the, the, uh, front, with the, front off, uh, the front position in terms of outside linebacker because they've looked at Jadavian Clowney. We keep hearing all these Chase Young rumors about what they would ask for and all these other things. So it, to me, yeah, I'm saying – if you are uh, Eric DaCosta, you going over to Todd Munkin and, and, and company and Lamar and saying, hey, we paid you $260 million. Guess what? This Y'all is, better figure it out because we're going to need you. Right. Like this I is, mean, that, that really is the way it goes. You know what I mean? Uh, and by the way, I thought this before Marlon Humphrey. And look, Rito is with us here on the fan. or not? We're not on the fan. We're, we'll be on the fan tonight. We're on GCR today. Um, Rita's with us, and I, look, I felt this way beforehand. I felt like this was their way of acknowledging the pendulum had to swing the other way, and that's fine. That exists in the NFL. Ask the Kansas City Chiefs. Like that, yeah. There are teams that say the pendulum swings the other way. To your point, 
it's a bit more concerning given all of the pieces that you're trying to make work. For as excited as we are yep. about Odell Beckham, you know, you're still talking about a guy that's at, at the best still on the downside of his career and coming off a significant injury. As excited as we are about Zay Flowers, he's never played in an NFL game. Like, there's still, like, this is not murderer's row today. Could it end up being a great offense? One of the It could. Maybe it could. But today, we don't know that yet. And so it's concerning to walk in and acknowledge and say, well, it's going to have to all be on the offense. Like, okay, giddy up. <laughs> like, like let's, let's hope that works out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what else do you have at this point? What else could you possibly do except saying, you know, listen, um, they're saying that, you know, they expect him back, I guess, at the, in the first part of the season. So I guess if, if you're, you know, if you're looking for some silver lining, that's it. It doesn't feel like it's going to be an extended amount of time. But we don't know that yet, right? And so when you look at the schedule, yes, I do realize that they play the AFC North within the first five weeks. But when you look at the first half of the schedule as opposed to the second half of the schedule, the second half looks way more brutal. And so, I'd much it, look, I, nobody wants any of this to happen. Nobody, you know, needs this to be going on. That being said, if it's going to happen, you'd much rather it be when they start early as opposed to when they go down the stretch when they have a much tougher schedule. So, yeah. you know, hopefully know. it's not too long. You know, you hope that this offense finds a way to click sooner than later. I definitely thought that this offense was going to take a minute to click um, and that they would probably catch a stride as the season went on. But, uh, yeah, y'all going to have to speed that process up a little bit and be ready to go week, week one. Week two against the Bengals feels a little eh, – that don't feel great. We don't know if Burrow is playing. I mean, you know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I've heard things that he could potentially be back by week two, but then, you know, you you just don't know. The one good thing, too, about this, Glenn, is that you do have really good safeties. Um, so it's not like that the whole back, defensive backfield is a complete wash. Yes, the corners obviously don't help, but you do have really good safeties with Kyle Hamilton and Marcus Williams. So it's not like, Oh well, my I, God, we have nothing. Yeah, I, I'm concerned that it, like one of the first answers that it almost forces you to ask Kyle Hamilton to play more corner, right? Like, and yeah, that's, yeah. And it's, it's not to me the end of the world if that were to be the case, right? Because we certainly right. saw that Kyle Hamilton, as the season went on last year, it was a struggle to start, but looked very comfortable in coverage when that was what was being asked of him. Um, if yep. that's what you do, I don't think it's the end of the world. It's just disappointing because we really wanted this to be the year where Kyle Hamilton can move fully into like that weapon X type of role that like genuine playmaker, that guy that could impact like that's if you're asking him now to be pigeonholed into a different role for a little while, that might slow the ability for Kyle Hamilton to become the kind of complete weapon that I think a lot of us had hoped that he might move into this season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we about to find That's out. We right. about to find out, April friends. Yep, it's what it uh, is. It's what it is. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. need your help. I, uh, like I, had, I had written three Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios, and one of them involved edge rush, and I'm going to have to scrap that. we got to come up with a Marlon Humphrey-related one. You gotta, look, you got to come night. up with something new, man. Yeah. Would you Look, would you rather, and then it, it, it's got to be something – I don't know. You, I know that you're good at this. Well, I, I'm, I, I, look, I'm going to keep the other two fine, but I just got to switch one out from being the, – the one today was about edge rush. It was would you rather trade a third and fifth for Chase Young 
or sign Jadavion Clowney or do nothing. And unfortunately, now the entire internet is saying, I'd rather sign a cornerback. Like, thank you. I thank thank you, Dave. <laughs> thank you. I also have I the mean, internet. I appreciate it. Dynamite observation. Look, you don't want play the game, okay? Play the game. Don't don't try to change the rules. Play the game. God. I said this or that, okay? God. And give me one or the other. Technically, it fits because I did leave. Do nothing for now, so I guess technically it fits. But no, I, I got to come up with something else. By the way, if they were to do that, which one would you have done? If let's say Marlon Humphrey never had gotten hurt, which would you have done? Would you have traded for Chase Young or would you have signed Jadavion Clowney? I'm trading for Chase Young. Okay. I want the younger dude. I want the dude that uh, I believe has, at this point, um, in terms of longevity, is more so there, um, that has more to prove because he is going to be looking for a new contract. So he's going to be – and this will be his next contract after his rookie contract. So he's going to play at a high level. Um, and I think if he walks away, you get a compensatory pick, so it ain't like you're missing nothing from it. So I'm I'm definitely picking Chase Young. I understand. I just got to figure out what the hell's been going on there. Like, I really got to know more because it's easy to say you're going to get a compensatory pick. If he's the guy that we've seen the last couple of seasons, that might be a well, sixth maybe, rounder. If you play for the Commanders, maybe you would play like that too. I understand. What, what I understand, well, but I just need to know. Like, I – Again, I think that my answer was going to be Chase Young, too, but I am more I, – I, this is a weird era that we're into right now. One of the, re, the reasons we're dealing with this, hey, look, I got no problem with the fact the Ravens traded a second-round pick for Roquan Smith. We all agree that Roquan Smith has been at least that good. But that was one yeah. less early-round pick they could try to take to get a corner that we all knew was an issue that could help them on day one. And when you're talking about those day one and two picks, like they become so much more valuable to me now in the, con the Lamar Jackson contract era. And yeah. I, I don't uh, – moving forward, I just – I don't know. And I'm trading a third-round pick for a guy that the last couple of seasons has been, you know, on, on a milk carton. I, right. That's that's tough. I, I do still think that there's enough talent there, and we all saw the guy in his rookie season, and we all know what he's capable of doing, so I'd probably make the move. But trading a third-round pick at all for me at this point is – is much more difficult thing to do in this contract era than it was two years ago. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and, and I get it. I do. I get it. I understand all of the question marks. I'm still going with the young guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going with the guy that I believe has all the potential in the world as opposed to a guy who probably is on the other side of um, his peak. I think that, you know, I don't want to say plateaued, Maybe. Uh, Jadavian might be a serviceable player, but I also think that Jadavian is plateaued. Um, yeah, and that's where I'm Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah, all right. That's we'll, all I'm saying. We'll be so, talking about it more. We got a lot to talk about yeah. today on the show, it appears. Tonight from 7 to 9, 1057 The Fan. We'll try to figure out <sighs> what happens next. Uh, <laughs> I'd say look forward to it, but, like, you know. That, that's not fun. I'd rather be talking about other things. It's just the way that it goes. Right, <laughs> Would friend. you rather be talking about the Orioles yeah, right? pitching or lack yeah, thereof? Yeah, I mean, hey, I we got, you. you know. I hear you. Bad news you. all around here. Ugh, gross day. All right, Rita. Talk to you tonight. Thank you. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Love you. That's uh, the NFL chick, Rita Hubbard. She'll be with me tonight on 105.7 The Fan. All right, quickly, uh, number three, would you rather? Fantasy football punishment. 
Well, I don't worry about that. I don't. No, you lo- I don't you lose. Lo- you lost last year. I didn't. No, I didn't. You did. I did. You either have to do one of these two Never things. Lose. Either, and these are two things that I that are at least plays on things that I found on the internet, uh, punishment related fantasy football. Either the guy, f- th- this was from the guy from ESPN, did the bit. Oh yeah. I, I'm I'm expanding it a little bit. You got to do all Spirit Airlines flights. Wait, wait. I actually did not see that one. His punishment, the guy was. from ESPN, was that he had to be on planes for 36 hours oh. straight. I was I was thinking of a Dave Fleming. The Dave Giants. Fleming. That's that's not a punishment. Like this is so. That's fun. I know. For I, one well, game to go be the I bat agree. boy, like that. It's the dumbest punishment. They're I've building ever it heard. up like it's like it was bad. No, I'll it's do that not one. at I'll all. Do that. Yes, I, yeah, we actually, all would. Yes, I'll do that one. Shut up. We all would do it. It's the like. Oh, what a terrible punishment. He gets to go hang out in the dugout for a game, and who cares if he's not good at being a bat boy because it's clearly not something he's going to do again. Jesus. Not a punishment in any way. Um, so would you rather the punishment is you got to spend 48 hours on Spirit Airlines flights, and for the entirety of the 48 hours, you are either on the plane or in an airport. Now, your boy, PFF Sean. <laughs> well, I don't mind the airport. It's the plane that sucks. So you're only, hours in the you're airport. only in the airport during reasonable times for you to get to the next flight. Oh, man, I got a 36-hour layover. No. <laughs> it's a flight scheduled to land, and an hour later, you're getting on the next plane. You're overwhelmingly on planes. Okay, so like 36 to like... Something 12, like something like that. That ratio. Yeah, maybe. I would say more than that. Like it's mostly like cross country flights. Oh, so it's just forty to forty. It's, it's hours more on. like forty hours on planes, eight hours in airports, something along those lines. That's punishment A. Punishment B would be that you've got to take a Saturday in the summer, go to an amusement park, stand in every ride's line from open to close. But never get on a ride. So I don't get to do any of the other like amusement park stuff. No, like get some no. kettle corn or no. I mean, if you complete your tasks, you can then. <laughs> well, I mean, like Hershey Park has what, like fifteen? So I have to wait. I, if I if I got through yes. line, you would have to wait. Didn't ride the rides, but Correct. got through line for the fifteen rides. I can with my leftover time, I can play some carnival games or whatever. Mm, if you got no, 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 you can't do any. Now take that all back. I'm sorry because I did say open to cl- open to close in lines. Oh, okay. Open and close in lines. Jeez. I mean, since it's one, I mean, gosh. And as soon as you get to the front, Am you have, I, to walk, okay. have to walk out and then walk. You got to wait the entire time. Do I have to be alone when my, uh, in my lane? Yes. Because somebody suggested this as a punishment, but the deal was the entire like league goes to the amusement park mm. and the loser waits fun. in all the lines. But then when it's time to get on the ride, they don't right, get on the ride yeah. while everybody else does. And like that seems pretty bad. But the time you got people to talk to right, while you're exactly. in the... Like, we like to play like the heads-up game. Uh, yeah, a lot of people do yes. that at amusement parks. Yes. I've seen that overwhelmingly. Um, so I wouldn't be able to do... Well, maybe... No, you would Well, have, maybe I make friends with the random people You could online. attempt to. That would be the choice that you would have. But you're not there with your friends that you could talk I, to. I, you're just there by yourself. I think I have to go with the amusement park. Okay. I, I, I mean... God, I mean, my legs. I probably wouldn't be able to walk after that. I understand. Plane thing. Like, I, I understand. Like, I wouldn't be able to get up for essentially forty hours, like, and occasionally walk around for forty-five minutes. Yep. yep. I don't think I could do that for two days straight. Yep. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll. Yeah, I mean, it'll be some solid exercise, you know, standing for a full day. I, well, I hear you. 
I still think like the heat could yeah, it would be terrible. Be a bit much. And like you are in air conditioning on the planes. Now you're also in spirits, so I'm not sure if that's a guarantee. It's tight up it's there. Very diff- it's very difficult. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. I don't know that there's a correct answer. I really don't. I'll go with the I will go with the amusement park. All right. All right, very that good. Would suck. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Um, get me your responses throughout the day. Someone will be chosen to win the uh, T-shirt of their choice from Birdland Sports. When we come back in, the great Chanda Bergantz, um, wife of one O.J. Bergantz. they got a great event coming up. We love Chanda. So we're going to catch up with her next here on GCR. You feel that? That's the sound of football coming back. And now's the time to place your preseason bets with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in Vegas. And now you can use my promo code, GlennClark23, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, they'll match your first bet up to $250 with the promo code GlennClark23. All one word, no spaces, two ends in Glenn. Don't miss out this football season. Win some money with Superbook sports and that promo code glenn clark 23 visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's the return of Grateful Dead Night on Friday the 18th. A special t-shirt package is available. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday the 19th with our Baitsoberfest. Get some beer specials while you enjoy the game. And get here early on Sunday for a pre-game Meet the Team autograph session. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. I'm Michael Jan Grandy, president of A.J. Michaels, your carrier energy expert for 44 years. Save money, energy, and make your home more comfortable and virus-free. Find us at ajmichaels.com. That's ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. It's a Maryland thing. Hell yeah. 
America's Biggest Bike Race returns to Maryland Sunday, September 3rd as 120 of the world's best cyclists race the Maryland Cycling Classic presented by United Healthcare. Come enjoy the free fan zones and festival with interactives, food, and drink beginning at noon. Then see the exciting race conclusion from 3 to 5 p.m. in the Inner Harbor. Come be loud, be proud, and let the world hear you. For more information, go to MarylandCyclingClassic.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. I apologize to the person that I, I, I just, I'm sorry. When you try to tell me, I get a cornerback. Like, yes, thank you. I'm aware. You're not telling me something I don't know. All right, and, I, and I'm going to say this for the entirety of the internet. There's nothing about the website formerly known as Twitter or the internet in general, that we like doing more than thinking that we're smarter than everybody else and that we know something they don't. Stop. Stop. Love you. God bless. Offer something more than that. Offer something more valuable. That is my suggestion. Uh, But continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com for Would You Rather Wednesday. And if you are just capable of playing the game, I... I would encourage you that you could win because a lot of people aren't capable of playing the game and we're not going to include them in who we consider to win today on Would You Rather Wednesday. All right? That's the way that it goes. Uh, Griffin, you want to tell everybody about what's going on at Live Casino and Hotel? I'd love for it if you did. I would love to, yes. I, w- and I would love to as well. I want to tell you about the new member program that they got going right now. They're all about, we're all about more yes. Sign up for Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Rewards today and earn up to $50. You can take a spin with free slot play or join the action with direct bet or indulge in your favorite dining experience with comps. All new members will receive a free tote bag. And for more information, go to maryland.livecasinohotel.com. At Rundle Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, Chris, I'm trying to think about who it would be that would be called up to take Nick Vespi's spot on the roster. And I'm, i am i got to be honest with you, that just hadn't thought about it. Keegan Aiken comes to mind as like the guy they could just bring back up and say, you can be the guy for now. Um, I guess they could bring back up Joey Crable, although they'd have to. Is Joey Crable been down long enough? I don't think he's been down long enough. They'd have to have an injury, so I don't think that Joey Crable could be the answer. I think the answer would be Keegan Aiken. Now, I also don't know if he pitched last night because I do think that that would play a role. It could be Zimmerman too. You want to have somebody that's available to pitch tonight if you make a roster move because what is the point otherwise? Right. Uh, who pitched last night? I'm trying I to think they used like a, a lot. I know they used Crable last night. I know TJ McFarland pitched last night. Like they only, they only gave up five runs. Why they use so many pitchers? Now again, if somebody only pitched a third of an inning, it's a difference. I, don't, well, I guess it can't be a third of an inning anymore. Um, they did not use. They used Crable. They used Gillespie. Yeah, they didn't use either of um, Aiken or Zimmerman. Mm. So 
now. Uh, wait, are, are Zimmerman starting, though? God, man. Well, I mean... I hate that I don't know. I, I'm not on top of what's going on with the Norfolk Tides at the moment. I hate that I uh, don't have a full grasp of what's happening there. Um, no, both pitched on Sunday. Go back over this, find out who all the starters have been of late. On Saturday, the starter was Bruce Zimmerman. So now that was Saturday. Today is Wednesday. I guess it's possible he only pitched three innings. Brian is Brian Baker down there? Is he? I, I think so, right? Isn't that where he? Uh, I thought Brian Baker was just DFA'd. Well, did he like go? Did he, get, did he accept no, the okay. assignment? I don't know. I. That's funny. I just stopped paying attention to <laughs> Brian Baker. I got to be honest with you. I completely gave up on what happened with Brian Baker afterwards. I don't see Brian Baker on the roster. No, he is. So there you go. He apparently did accept the assignment. So. Was he not DFA'd? Was he just sent down? I guess he was just sent down. Yeah. All right. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. My bad. My my fault. My fault. So, yes, Brian Baker would probably be an option. And that was more than 10 days ago, correct? Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be an option, too. It would just one one of the one of the usual suspects would just be the guy that gets called up in order to take the spot. and So one of those sorry Nick Vespi things, but... This is the reality of the circumstances that they're dealing with, and that's the reality of the pain of having Jack Flaherty get his, you know, butt kicked. There's kind of no way of getting around yes. that. He was optioned on August second, so yes, yes, more than ten days, so he's good. Why did I think he was DF? Who else? Who was? Oh, uh, oh, oh t- uh, Givens. Givens was DF. Givens was was DFA. straight up DFA. Yeah. Correct. That was a different scenario though, because his rehab assignment was up, and so they didn't. They had to do something. He was straight up DFA, but Baker was just option. My fault. My my B, as the kids used to say. I don't know what they say anymore. So yeah, Baker would make a lot of sense, and he did not pitch last night, so he would be available. And so I would almost assume that like, you know, I don't I don't know. Was the game in Memphis or was it in Norfolk? Uh, it is in Memphis. It was in Memphis. Yeah. So I don't know that there's a direct flight from Memphis to San Diego. <laughs> there there I, should be. I I try to think of what time. Like, I'm trying to do that math in my head. I guess he probably woke up this morning at, like, 6, got on the first flight that would get him there, maybe arrives at, like, 3 o'clock. Hey, he's fine. He's fine. He's a young man. He'll be just fine and available for the Orioles tonight. Um, some responses that have come in for Would You Rather Wednesday, and I appreciate those of you that are trying to. There are still more of you that are just not capable of playing the game. From uh, Ivan, I'll take Spirit Airlines. The lack of leg room. On the flights, isn't a big deal for me since I'm short. I absolutely hate amusement park lines in the heat. It's a good answer. Even funnier, though, the Spirit Airlines bot saw his response of the lack of legroom on their flights isn't a big deal. And the Spirit Airlines bot replies... Thanks for letting us know. We'd like to take a look into this for you, so send us a private DM, and we'll be back in touch as soon as possible. That's very nice of Spirit. Dynamite. You know what? Dynamite, dynamite customer service. Yeah. Might have to flip my, you know, if Spirit if they care that much. Aye, aye, aye. All right. Uh, as we talked about, uh, of course, the, our next guest, one of the uh, most important people, as uh, we have gotten to know her and her work with the Brigance Brigade, and um, her love for her husband, who is such an important figure in our community. She is Shanda Bergantz, and she is back with us now here on GCR. Shanda, it's Glenn. It's so good to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. 
Oh my gosh, the thanks goes to you. Thank you for having me on your show this morning. I'm so excited to be talking with you this morning. Shin, I want to ask you this question because I don't think I've ever, and I want to talk about the soiree for OJ and what you guys are doing, but I don't think I've ever asked this for you. You okay. you play two roles, right? Like you play the role of wife and you play the role of leading the foundation. But in a way, I've always wondered if you felt, I don't know if obligation is the right word, but as protector of such an important figure, a civic hero for us in this city. And I don't know if that's a role that's daunting for you or how you've you know, been able to, to compartmentalize all of these things over the years. Can you tell me about that aspect of it, knowing how much OJ means to so many people and wanting to make sure that you are there to protect him, us, that relationship between he and, and everyone in this community? That's an amazing question. Thank you so much for that question. I would love to answer that question. And I would start out answering that question by saying, I wear many hats. Sure. <laughs> wear many hats, <laughs> you know, and all are equally as important. You know, I'm a, I'm a wife, first and foremost, yep. I'm a wife. You know, I take care of our home, you know, I oversee our home. I, I help to oversee uh, the, our, our uh, nurses who, who come in to help me, you know, from time to time with OJ. You know, um, I, I am the co-founder of the foundation of the Brigance Brigade Foundation. I now have my Shanda Cares um, WJZ uh, uh, television segment now. You know, I'm an author. I've written three children's books. You know, I wear many, many hats, you know. So I, I don't know. I've just, you know, I, I, I found a way to juggle them all. And, and, and I would like to think successfully. But as you did mention, OJ is very important. He's extremely important. And we are so honored of how the state of Maryland, let's know Baltimore, but we're so honored of how they have embraced both of us, you know, both OJ and I, and they, and they consider us both as, as important. And, um, and we just really honor that embracing that we both have received. But, I, you know, I'm here for my husband, first and foremost. Um, when I stood in front of that altar, you know, my vows went to him as a husband. So that's why I can continue to do what I do when I do it and how I do it is because I'm not only honoring my vows, but I'm honoring my husband, you know? And um, so, you know, when I go into this and when I look at this and I'm, I stand in the midst of all of this, that's my, that's the first thing on my mind and on my heart is that this is my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be here for my husband. I'm going to make sure that I can do all I can do as a wife, as his wife, um, to make sure that we as a couple and a married couple are okay. So that's why I can do what I do. And by the grace of God, who gives me the strength to do it. So this is how I'm able to get through things and, and do what I do and, um, and move forward is because I, I'm doing it for also a greater cause. And that's for, you know, I, we're believers. We believe God. And so I'm doing it for a greater cause for God who gives me the strength to be here and do what I do with my husband. I got to tell you, Shanda, sometimes when I see him and, and we've had so many conversations over the years and I, I hate saying it this way, but I almost am intimidating because I feel like I'm standing in the presence of someone who is so much more important than I am. Right. And like, you know, I, and, and, and I just want to talk to him, but like I almost feel like I'm not worthy of it. Right. Because that's how how strongly I feel about your husband and, and the role and everything that you all have done with the Brigance Brigade. 
And I, I, I got to imagine that like you see that from other people, like you see that reverence and, and you got to understand like, Hey, we're just people like, like, let's just talk. But it's a tough thing well, yeah. because that reverence is overwhelming for me. You and you're right. We are just people. You're you're correct. We are just people. You know, um, and we've been blessed to be able to to stand in this stand where we're standing and do some amazing things. Yep. And to also show people that they can do it too, whatever road or or hand that they have been given. You know, we all are doing something mighty, something that we have to pull deep about. You know, uh, something that is really outstanding. We all are facing facing that type of stance. It may, you know, I like to look at it and say it's a different dance, but, you know, um, it's a it's a different name, but the same dance. You know, we all are, are are pulling, you know, and having to apply strength to something somewhere in our lives. It may look different. It may sound different. It may come at a different time. But at the end of the day, it's still something that requires strength. So I like to think that we all are, are heroes in our own way. We all look to one another you know, for strength or for direction or for, you know, just just strength or hope, you know, for whatever it is that, you know, that person may be going through at that time. And OJ happens to be going through this and it happens to stand out in a, you know, a, a health type of way. So, you know, we're in that that health category. Um, so you're right. I mean, he's doing some amazing things. He's he's standing strong. He's reaching from deep within and he's doing his best for, you know, just to, to, to continue through each and every day. And, and yes, I mean, and by the way, he loves for people to approach him and say hello and to talk to him. I mean, he, that helps to keep him involved. That helps to keep, keep him to be a part of, and that helps him to be included. That's why he can go to work every day because they, they include him over there at the Ravens. They include his, him being there. They involve him. They, they still treat him as a friend, as a family member, they still treat both of us that way. So yes, by all means, if you see him, approach him and say hello and, and talk with him. He loves that. That's why he has his speaking device in front of him so that he can speak and communicate back to you. Uh, and it means the world every time. I, I get a little emotional every time I get the opportunity to have a conversation with them. Uh, Shanda, 15 years for the Brigance Brigade, and it's become such a part of our community that I feel like most people have had a touch with what you guys are doing. But for those that might not, can you tell everyone what the Brigantz Brigade is all about and, and how you've been able to impact and change lives over the course of these 15 years? Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, well, like you said, we have had the Brigantz Brigade in operations. We're a 501c3, and we've been operating for 15 years. I still cannot believe that. All I remember is right here in my little kitchen at my little dining room breakfast table getting started. You know, but here we are now 15 years later. We have grown. We have raised millions of dollars, and still, that's still not enough, believe it or not. It's still not enough because people are getting diagnosed every day and people are, you know, I just finished um, uh, a meeting this morning. We're just talking about, you know, the applications that are still rolling in and the funds are still needed because, as we know, insurance is not covering any. And if they do, it's very little, very little to zero. And it costs anywhere from $200,000 to $250,000 a year. And that's just the basics of it, you know, not to look at the other things that that, um, are needed as well. But we've decided when OJ was first diagnosed, we decided, hey, we looked at that, that bottom line figure and we said, oh, my gosh, who in the world is prepared for this, you know, or ready for this? I mean, some people maybe, but most people, first of all, after you get over the shock, 
of the diagnosis, then you got to figure out, okay, where are we going to get this money? What do we have to let go or cut loose in order to, you know, pick up in, uh, in another way to get the funding and all that? So we said, hey, let's do something to help people and help them to be able to still continue their everyday life. It may look different. It may be, you know, something that they have to adjust, but it's still possible, you know. Um, and so for however long that the good Lord will still have them on this side of the grass. You know, so what can we do to help? And that's why we founded, OJ and I founded the Brigance Brigade Foundation, because we wanted to help those who are in the same position um, be able to still continue to do their best each and every day. It's a daily walk. It's, it's a step-by-step, -step, one foot in front of the other. And so, uh, we again, we've been doing this for 15 years, raising funds, asking people to please come out, help donate, be a part of a sponsorship, um, volunteer, do whatever that we can, because we all, you know, we all can't all give the same way. You know, some people can give in different ways, and that's okay. So whatever way you want to give, whether it's your time or talent, we, we are here for it. You know, we are here for however someone can help us help someone who's living with this disease. And a pretty fun way for you to get involved is coming up here in September, the soiree for OJ, which um, I, it looks like it's just going to be an amazing event. Can you give us all the details, what people need to know, how can they get involved with the soiree for OJ? Oh, my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. I will dressy chic shingding celebration soiree with oj it's a fundraiser first and foremost it's a fundraiser but it's an all adult 21 and over um we're coming out we're going to all gather and celebrate at the uh, at live the uh, um the hall at live in arundel mills and it's going to be a two-day day thing all because it's our anniversary and uh, for the foundation. So it's going to be a two-day thing. We're going to come together on Friday, September 29th, all starting at 7 p.m. And we're going to, you know, just hear a little bit about the foundation and celebrate, um, you know, our pals and our cows. And, you know, um, we have the lieutenant governor is coming out. She's going to join us and speak. We have a few other VIPs who are going to be there. And, People are flying in for this. Like I said, it's the anniversary, and it's a big fundraiser. So we're asking any and everyone, if you want to come out, make a weekend of it because we're staying overnight. We're getting like a four or $500 room for about two-something, you know, um, all in the um, bundle, we call it. And um, the next morning, we'll give, get up. We'll have a brunch, you know, as well, and continue socializing and all that. So we're just making a big weekend of this big fundraiser this 15-year fundraiser so everybody please get your tickets and just come on out when you say vips i know some folks that have showed up for these events over the years and they really do qualify as vips i mean that's how much oj means <laughs> to everybody um uh, i want to make sure yeah, go ahead shanda no i was just saying you'll never know who you'll see in yep. the room and this doing it kind of different we're going to have we're going to be served we're going to sit down and have nice a nice dinner we have a live auction and oh my gosh the auction items are fabulous so we have auction auction items and we're going to have nightlife you know a live band we're going to be dancing and we're going to also ha say happy birthday to oj because it is his actual birthday date Wonderful. September 20th. oh it's wonderful it's so, oh my 
It's gonna, we're going to have an amazing time. All right. So let's get all the details in. Where can people find out more? How do they get their tickets? Everything. What can we pass along, Shanda? Oh, my gosh. Brigantsbrigade.org. Go on to our Brigantsbrigade.org website, and it'll, it autom- once the website pops up, it pops up of purchase tickets. Click that. Just click on it. We made it easy. We, you, you would think one, two, three, but we made it one, two. Because that's just how easy it is. Click on the little link. All of the pricing, all of the description, all of the details pops up. And all you have to do is just punch on the little button that you prefer or you choose. And that's it. You know, and you're in. You'll be there with us. You know, so um, we ask everyone, go to brigandsbrigade.org. All of the detail is there. Just push ticket. or And for those who cannot make it, we also have a donate button. Donate. If you like to donate. You know, because anything and everything helps. Shanda, we love you. We love the Brigands Brigade. Um, and we've been honored to partner up a couple times over the years on various things. Obviously, we love OJ. And we'll continue to uh, make sure we put the word out. We are grateful for you all and your commitment to serving this community. And thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. Thank you so much, and I expect to see you and everyone on your team there at the soiree with OJ. Can't wait. <laughs> Thank you, Shanda. Shanda, Shanda, Thank I'm you. sorry. Shanda Bergantz. I did it again. I've done that like twice this morning. I'm a jerk, and I know, Shanda, that sorry. But love that. Love that um, we continue to lift up and support OJ, and I'm telling you, every time I, I remember having an entire conversation with him about it when we uh, did the Tucker Fest event with our buddy Chris Ruling in Grade 8's memorabilia a couple summers ago where I just outright said to OJ, I'm like, dude, I love you, but there are times where it's difficult to talk to you because I just feel overwhelmed by you, the man you are, the leader you are. Sometimes it's 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 just a lot for me. Um and I, I appreciate that he always, like, OJ's so great if, if you're around him. Like, he will always crack a joke right back. Like, he will not allow the conversation to be too heavy. And I appreciate that a great deal about him. Uh, they are special people, the Brigances, and uh, certainly want to lift up and support the Brigance Brigade and encourage you to be there um, for the soiree with OJ as they um, celebrate 15 years of the Brigance Brigade. Again, brigantsbrigade.org is the website. If uh, if you're uh, before the game tonight looking for a fun show, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Steiner and catch up with John Kelly. John Kelly, so much involved with the Maryland Cycling Classic, critical part of why this event exists in our community. He is the chairman of the event. And you can check that out tonight at 7 o'clock before the baseball game. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. If you miss it live tonight, you can watch it there tomorrow. Or uh, PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stan the Fan Charles, Gary Stein, and Maryland Cycling Classic Chairman John Kelly. Let's switch gears now, and let's make a trip to Norfolk to chat with a member of the Tides. Our next guest, Tides Catcher. And a man who's is uh, at a nice little stretch here, really, um, you know, playing quite well. He is Maverick Hanley, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Maverick, it's Glenn in Griffin in Baltimore. It's great to catch up. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, hey, good morning, guys. Hey, it's good to chat with you, dude. I know things have been going pretty well of late. I don't know, did you? 
I know baseball players are superstitious. Like you didn't, you know, like change the routine, you know, decide to wear like the same color underwear every day or anything like that. Uh, what, what do you have to thank for this great stretch of late? You know, I, early in the season, I got on this uh, sweatbands kick, and I took those off and started balling. So I guess sweatbands just aren't the, aren't the move. Okay, so never again is what you're saying. Or until, <laughs> until you go into a funk again, and then you got to go right back to the sweatbands. At that exactly, point. exactly. That's the way yep, that works. You know how it works. Maverick, yep. I, I feel like um, in so many ways you have come through this system kind of under the radar, right? Because it's the nature of being maybe in the shadow of – one of the best catchers in all of baseball, one of the most heralded prospects. Has that, for you, been a good thing? Like, you haven't felt as much pressure? Has it been, you know, difficult because you find yourself asking questions like, hey, is there going to be a role for me? Like, how how has that been for you as you've come through the course of the system? Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. I think, uh, I mean, my path and Richard's paths are obviously very different. He, number one, picked a really great player, and um, honestly, when I showed up in the pro ball, um, I had a lot of learning to do and a lot of adjustments to make. And, um, I was not ready to compete when I first got into pro ball. My swing wasn't, wasn't ready, wasn't built to hit professional hitting. Um, and so it's kind of been a learning process and a development process and something I've really prided myself on, um, doing and that's just learn how to hit at this, yeah. at this level. So, um, I guess for me, it's been it's definitely been a little bit, it's been nice not to have any pressure and be like, this guy's expected to be Rutschman's backup right away. And uh, it's just kind of, it's been a slow process, but something I've been proud of, of just putting in the work every day and just knowing if I'm putting in that work and uh, playing well, like I'll, I'll get an opportunity. Let me, so. let me talk to you about that hitting because to your point, right? The first couple of pro seasons, the, the numbers weren't great. Although the on-base percentages were always pretty good. It's, Pretty clear you got an eye. I don't know if that's a catcher thing, having an eye for the zone. But, like, what changed? We started to see it with some pop last year, and now this year far more consistent as a hitter. Besides the sweatbands things, what really has changed over the years that's allowed you to adjust as the levels have gotten more difficult? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's like my first 40 games in pro balls in short season, I had, like, three extra base hits. And... Honestly, it was the, the pitch that got me the most was the forcing fastball with like right up in the zone. It just feels like it goes right above your barrel. And um, when I first got into pro ball, I was swinging all the ones that were balls. And even when I was swinging the ones that were strikes, I just couldn't hit it. So, uh, oh, I think we lost Maverick. We'll kind of get him back. Norfolk Tides, a Maverick Hanley catcher from the Norfolk Tides with us here on GCR. Of course, if you're headed down to uh, the Tidewater area, the Norfolk Tides will be back home next Tuesday night, open up a series against the Durham Bulls, and through the weekend as the summer's winding down, might be worth taking a trip down. A lot of great events coming up next week with the uh, Tides, including a baseball card giveaway, as well as the uh, Patriotic Virginia Heritage Baseball Cap Giveaway pregame power hours, all sorts of fireworks, Navy night, all sorts of stuff going on next week with the Norfolk Tides when they return home. Let's reconnect with Maverick Hanley, who's back with us now here on GCR. And Maverick, you were telling us a little bit more about um, some of the pitches that uh, you have been struggling against. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, But, yeah, it was that forcing fastball with some ride. And then so I I really just took a look at my swing and just realized I I wasn't built to hit it. So I – 
um, I went in outsourced and went to driveline baseball and um, hopped in their motion capture lab, talked to a lot of hitting coaches there and just pretty much spent three off seasons there just attacking my weaknesses and building a better swing and knowing I had to swing the bat harder, swing the bat more accurate, and keep swinging at the right pitches, which is a strength of mine. So um, all that kind of combined in, I feel like the results are starting to show for themselves. Is that a natural catcher thing? Like, is it, you know, you mentioned that seeing the right pitches, it's always been a strength of yours, and the numbers are very indicative of that. You're you're consistently someone who's on base percentage is about 100 or more points higher than your batting average. But is that just the nature of the way that you see the zone from your time behind the plate? Is it something that was taught to you at a young age when you were playing a different position? Where does that eye come from? Yeah, I think it, I think it definitely helps um, being a catcher, seeing more pitches. Um, I, I think it's a little tough, too. It's just a different perspective, hitting versus catching. Like, catching, it's all in front of you. It's, the ball's being thrown right at you, whereas hitting, it's in this little magical box that's kind of to the side of you. So um, I think it, I think it more it kind of le- leans into, like, being a catcher, you know the pitchers are going to miss their spots, and they generally miss by a lot. So just being a little bit more patient, like I think I think it might be a catcher thing. Yeah, I think like I think Adley right now leads all of baseball yeah. and called strikes outside of the zone. So it's, it's amazing, um, right? Like he knows yeah. he knows the strike zone better than the umpire knows the strike zone. It's nuts. Yeah, which might say yeah, something absolutely. about the umpire, but we'll save that for another day. Um, <laughs> uh, Maverick, I have to get to the important questions today. Uh, how difficult was last summer for you? when the movie was in theaters everybody in the country was talking (laughs) about it how much did you get tired of the jokes or like were you able to have fun with all of it yeah i mean i was definitely able to have fun with it i think i had the top gun like theme song as my walk up (laughs) song um it it, it was it's really funny i think the umpires get the most most laugh out of it they always ask me where goose is at and yeah um, i mean Thank goodness it's a it's a great movie. Correct, right? Oh my so, God, no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of by any means. Um, where did where did Maverick come from? Like, I like did, what, did your parents ever tell you why was it? I, I've never asked you this before. Was it related to Top Gun? My dad swears that it wasn't. He says that there's like this old western like cowboy show that the sheriff's name was Maverick. Okay. I've never seen it, um, but he swears. It wasn't related to Top Gun. I think he was just going for uniqueness. Is there is there any pressure that comes along with having the name Maverick alone? Like you're just gonna get more attention because of it, and there's gonna be like it's just such a damn cool. I I'm not even kidding about this. My I have an eight year old and a six year old, and look, Gunnar Henderson's a great baseball player, and maybe the reason why they're obsessed Gunnar Henderson fans is just because he's a great baseball player. But I got a funny feeling it's also because his name is Gunnar, right? Like, and it's yeah, just such yeah. a damn cool name to have. Is there a pressure that comes along with having such a damn cool name? We're like, dude, I better be worthy of the name Maverick. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't think there's any pressure by any means. I think it adds a little bit of swagger, you know? Okay. Like, just, ha- just having that name, like, yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm Maverick. I'm the man. <laughs> like, that's, that's what it's like. You got to remember the name, you know? Like, it's, uh, I don't think there's really any pressure that comes along with it, but, uh, I mean, shoot, when I was a kid, I used to ask, I used to introduce myself to people and be like, you like my name? And 
you know, so I, I think it's just something I've grown up with for a while. I dig that, man. I dig that. Um, you, you referenced a minute ago, like the idea of there being pressure on you to be ready to be Adley's backup. And I, it's an interesting spot to be in, right? Where you're looking at an organization that is coming into its own and there's so much excitement. You, of course, probably, you know, like anybody else, believe that you're an everyday major league catcher. So how do you handle, like, the wanting to be here, wanting to be a part of it, you know, wanting to be that guy and, and help a team win a World Series versus the, yeah, but if someone else saw me and, like, could see that I'm an everyday catcher, that would be good, too. Like, how do you handle those sort of conflicting feelings that I'm sure you deal with? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I think being a backup catcher definitely can be a little tough on you mentally. Like, you're, you're getting your opportunity once every three days, and um, those at-bats can kind of stick with you a couple extra days. Um, since you're just not getting back out there to kind of get another opportunity. Um, so that can be a little tough, but, I mean, what like what you said, the Orioles are, we're, we're pushing for a World Series. Right. That, that is definitely in the in the realm of the next couple of years and so like for me it's about kind of reframing that perspective and being like i'm here to help my guys like how can i be a servant leader how can i ask myself like what can i do for Retchman? what can i do for my pitcher what can i do for my guy right next to me that helps him get better and overall help the team and i think that's what makes baseball a really great individual and team sport is that all these guys have individual stats individual points to them and it's about but at the end of the day it's about winning I mean, like if you can ask yourself what did i do today that helped this team win then you're contributing to the team that's that's kind of how i've reframed it is i i want to be that guy i want to be that guy that the team can go hey we're going to give rutchman a blow we need you to step up and i want i want to be that guy and say yes i'm, I'm here for it you know did, did, I, i'm just as good yeah okay, maverick can i ask it this way because what you're saying it's such a mature way and i'm sure part of that is just being 25 right like that you just can see right. things in a different way than you probably did when you were 20 years old but like did it did it take a moment for you was there a place where you said like nah, i'm gonna have to be somewhere else because i've got to be the guy to be so comfortable at this point with like knowing hey i i just might not be the guy i might be a guy and part of it did, did, was that something that you had to, you know, have a conversation with somebody or see somewhere else? Or did you always have a mentality like that? I mean, I think I think that the mentality of me being the guy um, kind of went away the first two years of pro ball when I hit like 200, fair, you know, and I fair. kind of yeah. objecti- objectively looked to myself and was like, wow, like there's a lot of really good players out there and, I mean, I, I think I'm a really good player, but hitting 200 is not going to get the job done. So I think just just about, you know, going out there and believing in yourself and also just knowing, like, hey, like, you're here to help the team. And it's whatever, whatever they – it's a business decision for those guys. If they're going to they're gonna make the business decision objectively, it's not any personal. Right. Um, and so I, I think it's just – yeah, it took me a little bit at the very beginning to kind of reshift that uh, mindset. But – yeah, I think I, right now I'm in a really good spot. It's really, really, really good spot with it. And, and obviously, it's still a dream of mine to be the guy. Of course, every day. right. I, I think that, but I still think I have some growth um, that needs to happen, and uh, still need to a lot. I still need to become a better player. You know. By the way, being being the quote unquote backup catcher and winning a World Series is a pretty damn good thing to do. 
if that's the way that it ends up playing out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would not complain, that's yeah. for sure. And especially keep my it's unique here because Adley does take it a few more days off because of how important he is in the lineup. So it is a, a different, you know, James McCann's been a huge part of what the Orioles have been doing this season, particularly of late where he's been just bonkers. So it's, it's probably a different role than it is in a lot of other places. Let, let me um, let me approach, you know, working with these guys, coming up with this group of pitchers throughout the course of this system. Um, a lot of them are already here, right, and finding that success. There are still, I think, a few more to come. Is there someone that you feel like is not treated – you know, there's so much was made over the years, like the Orioles don't have the pitching depth in this system as they do the, the depth of the bats. But is there someone, pitching-wise, that you would say, this guy does not get nearly enough love. This guy is going to be a damn good – major league pitcher i see it i'm there the stuff is unreal and we should talk about this person more as being a legitimate viable future star yeah i mean i i think when you say that i think we have like three pretty young stars in triple a right now chase mcdermott kate povich justin iron brewster i think those guys like they're all they're all legit big league starters and i think that I mean, they always still have a little bit of work to help refine. I mean, they all have specific things that they're working on and need to refine. But I think all those guys are very good, very good pitchers and have a real chance to make an impact with us in, in the future. I, I mean, it's so different being a pitcher than a position player. A position player, you go out there every day and uh, get to sh- showcase your stuff. And kind of pitchers can – if you have two bad outings in a row, it feels like you – You've been on it for a while. You've been down for a while. So I mean, if I had to pick a guy, I mean, I think I think Justin Armbruster is one pitch away from being a bona fide starter in the big wow. I think he if he adds one pitch that because he's a four seam slider cutter guy, everything's moving to the left. He adds one pitch that starts moving to the right to get guys to respect that. And he I mean, he's going to take off. I mean, his his he's. He's got that, you know, that forcing I was talking about with the ton of hop where it feels like it just goes over your barrel. He's at the top of those charts. Like wow. his, his stuff is very unique. He's got a super flexible wrist, and he just generates this pure backspin on the ball that just it beats guys. And if he got he gets up to ninety five, it only feels like that much firmer. So um, that's probably my guy. Probably my pick to click. I mean, he's been uh, he's been great this season. Clearly, I mean, like the results have been so yeah. good. To say one more pitch, man, he could be extraordinarily special. And then Maverick, if I could, like you know, I don't know how much time you know you 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 have conversations with Adley. I'm sure during you know you've you've been around each other at spring training and different affiliates. Like, is there something that you've taken from him? Like, n- not even like you know, you're basically the same age. So it's not like a guy that you're looking up to that's ten years older than you. But is there something that you've taken from him over the years that you find yourself doing and you're like, oh, that's the influence of me watching Adley or being around him or something like that? Yeah, I, I think it's – I'd say it's his uh, – he does a really, really good job at locking in on the moment. Like, it, you can kind of see it. I, I've been around him – I've been around him a bunch more in spring trainings than necessarily in, in playing the same team organization or affiliate, I should say. Um, but that moment when he when he knows he's on the, he's getting in the on deck circle, you can just kind of see this like little this little change in mentality where he is locked 
in. And it's like turns into a little bit of aggressiveness, controlled aggressiveness. And he is completely focused on the pitch, like not thinking about anything else. Um, and, I, and you can see that too when he's catching. Like he takes this little moment and he just locks it in. Cause he's actually like a pretty like easygoing, fun-loving guy. And uh-huh. then you see these moments in the game where he just like, just turns on this serious, focused look, and obviously it really works for him. So I, I've kind of seen myself doing that, like really taking that moment, taking those breaths and locking into the moment when you're hitting is has really helped me translate to having competitive at-bats over and over and over and not turning. You know, having that at-bat where it just like kind of slips away from you. Um, that's something I'd say. That's cool. That's cool. I dig that. Maverick, it's it's awesome to catch up, man. Where Are you on social at all? Like, I... I feel like I couldn't find an Instagram for you, a Twitter that maybe you barely use. Have you just kind of gotten away from social altogether? Yeah, I have. I have a Twitter. I deleted Instagram. Honestly, one of the best decisions of my life. So jealous. Um, I just, yeah, I just, I feel free from it. So yeah, I, I'm on Twitter. I usually just retweet some stuff or use it to follow the baseball world news. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm not really active on the social media. I like to I like to stay present, and I feel like that kind of takes away from that's awesome. my focus into yeah current day. So. Maverick, um, happy for you in the season that you've been having, and looking forward to what's next, and uh, looking forward to the conversation that we have when you're wearing orange and and you're up here and helping this team win a World Series. Man, thank you for spending a couple times with a, a couple minutes with us this morning. Really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, of course, guys. Thanks for having me on. Maverick Hanley, the Norfolk Tides. Um, remarkable maturity. You know, in, in, incredible. I, You know, the, the honesty there is, um, you know, I, I appreciate it. His ability to say, like, look, man, you know, I, I had to be, I was humble. I was hitting 200. Like, what am I thinking? I'm a superstar when I'm hitting 200? I'll appreciate any opportunity that comes. And, yes, this season he's gotten the offense to a place where you can say, oh, you know, if, if this is who you can be, you're a big leaguer. Now, McCann's under contract for another year. So, and given the way he's performed this year, you don't think the Orioles are going to be in much of a rush to move on. Um, you never know what happens. and Opportunity can always be there. But the guy that you're seeing this year looks more like a guy that could be a helpful piece should the Orioles have that need for an additional catcher moving forward. And we'll see how that move plays out. But appreciate Maverick Hanley spending the time with us. We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit. We'll get tubular. We will wind things down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of GCR. Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards, pick crabs by the waterfront, beat the heat inside a world-class museum, and make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to Baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit. It's game on every day at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Here, you are in on every play with 100-foot screens at Sports & Social, the best table games action, and FanDuel Sportsbook all just steps away. The best bar bites and drinks to indulge in steaks and curated cocktails. Your game day only gets better when matched up with Live's distinguished dining options. Late game? No problem. Our luxury hotel awaits. Live Casino and Hotel Maryland is the place to be on game day and every day. For more information, visit www.maryland.livecasinohotel.com. 
At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLING. All Electronic Tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-play, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. driveeasymd.com will keep you moving. The Orioles are off and running out to prove that last season wasn't a fluke and they are one of the best teams in baseball. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, host of the Bat Around for Press Box. Tune in every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon as Zach Goodman and I break down every Adley Bob, every Tony Tater, and every save from the mountain. Like a warm hug from Rutschman, the Bat Around has you covered with all things Orioles as we embark on what's sure to be a magical summer in Birdland. So tune in every Saturday for the best in Orioles coverage right here on the Bat Around. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. It's the return of Grateful Dead Night on Friday the 18th. A special t-shirt package is available. Back-to-back fireworks carry on to Saturday the 19th with our Bates Overfest. Get some beer specials while you enjoy the game. And get here early on Sunday for a pre-game Meet the Team autograph session. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. That first sip. That first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? By the way, it's not just me. I want to say, I got a message from Dave earlier that said Glenn was looking at the list of uh, players that are still free agents right now. Why is Isaiah Rogers still out there? And I, at first, was like, yeah, why is Isaiah Rogers still? He's like that special of a player, but why would he still? I had like Dave utterly forgotten that he was suspended for the season because of gambling. Mm. So no, Isaiah Rogers will not be able to help. That is not an option. That's the, that's the reason. Um, Ronald Darby is probably the best available free agent at this point. Um, Ronald Darby played last season with the Broncos and only played in five games. I don't remember what the injury was. He's from nearby. He's from just outside of D.C. Um, 
he met with the Titans apparently recently. This is where you are. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, you can only sign just, the guys that are available. Scraping. Right, but that's the reality. Like, there's there's nobody. Byron Jones is still avi- available. Remember from UConn. Mm. Uh, Byron Jones for a minute looked like a player in Dallas. Like, looked like he was gonna be special. And Logan Ryan was he's, a second team All Pro one year. Logan mm. Ryan still available. I mean, he's like, thirty two, but but this is what it is. Yeah. Like, this is what's there. The bigger problem, I guess, did Byron Jones, was he hurt all of last season? Is that why he, like, he didn't play at all? Uh, let me did he see announce that he retired? Maybe he announced that he retired. Uh, good for him. <laughs> uh, but, 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 yeah, Not Byron Jones announced that he retired. Oh, so, really? Sorry. Scratch him off the list. It's it is bleak, man. Uh, yeah, he did not play last year. You're right. And I, apparently, yeah, so. at some point, announced he was tired. Is Casey Hayward still at Troy Hill? I know a couple people have brought up Troy Hill, dude. That's what's out there. I believe Casey Hayward is available, right? I believe that's true. I think Bryce Callahan's still out there too. Um, but but these are guys. I mean, right. these are just guys whose names you've heard of because they've been good in the past. But they're all available in August. For reasons. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't find somebody off the scrap heap that you could plug in and they could help get you by. And the Ravens will almost certainly have to do that. In the next day or two, they will almost be forced to sign a couple of veteran free agent cornerbacks. They, of course, already did that with um, Arthur Arthur Millette, Millette. uh, who had been with the Steelers and, you know, probably is going to have to play. It's the reality of the circumstances. If there was a good option, that guy would be employed. Right. Good cornerbacks aren't available on August 16th. And I saw, like, Jeff Zrebeck said they might have to go the trade route. I don't know who's trading you a viable cornerback. You can overpay for someone's fourth cornerback. Maybe. But that guy's going to be covering Jamar Chase. Correct. (laughs) Potentially. Like this is it's just the reality of the circumstances. John Harbaugh did tell everyone that the foot injury was not yesterday. I guess this is something that Marlon Humphrey had been dealing with, and I, I presume that means that he was hoping to avoid surgery. And they just got to a point where they said, "Well, dude, if you're gonna have to do it, do it now. Let's deal with it now instead of dealing with it in October." Yeah, makes you wonder why he didn't just do it. <laughs> like, I mean. I, I can be understanding of this. I can understand somebody dealing with something where they say, I don't think it's that bad. I could play through this as necessary and you know, try to push off surgery, not have to miss any time. But if there was any risk of a surgery being needed, why wouldn't you do it on the first day of training camp? Like day one and be hopeful that that means – that you're definitely out there for the first the start of the season. Um, John Harbaugh, this is according to Jeff Zrebeck. Confirmed that Marlon Humphrey will have foot surgery, called it a lingering injury, said that how long he'll miss is, quote, to be determined, unquote, but he didn't think it will be a long-term thing. And, of course, the Ravens have never missed. Days to weeks. Right, right. So very clear timeline. <laughs> Hey, it's look, man. It's what it is. It's what it is. That's what's going on with Marlon Humphrey, and the Ravens will have to figure something out. I, I just, 
yeah. I, I've seen people talk about. I were there were there Jair Alexander trade rumors earlier this off season that I wasn't aware of. Like, did I did I not know something? I feel like everybody's just sort of looking at the bad teams and saying, "Hey, bad teams, trade away your players." <laughs> but the problem is, they're all. Yeah, I mean, people were making this stuff up earlier in the year. I mean, in the, early in the off season, for there sure. was no viable. No, no, I don't think there was any like real. I don't think there was any real legs to a. Uh, Jair Alexander trade. I'm pulling up something from Wisconsin's yes, Sports exactly, Heroics. Yeah, that's the same thing that you've got. I see. I also see LombardiAvenue.com. Yeah, Brandon Olson of Fansided published an article, uh, uh, an article that highlighted a scenario where the New York Giants landed Jair Alexander. I mean, I'm not saying don't make calls. Yeah, make calls, but. There's no reason for me to think the Packers would have any interest in trading away Jair Alexander. The Packers are looking at a division and saying, we could win. As as much as we're all saying, you know, they're going to have to take huge steps back without Aaron Rodgers, like, they, there's a reason that they drafted Jordan Love. They believe that Jordan Love is a football player. So they're not going to give up. If you want to overpay, you can overpay. The problem is... You're overpaying, and as we just talked about in this scenario, your draft picks are much more valuable now in the Lamar Jackson contract era. One point that was made uh, in relation to Would You Rather Wednesday from Chris. Chris said, Glenn, I'm absolutely doing one of those two things. You're not going to be able to upgrade your cornerback position the same way. The only thing that still seems to be out there in some abundance is pass rush help. So I'm going to have to try to put together the best pass rush I could possibly can. I might trade for Chris, or for Chase Young and sign Jadavion Clowney. I get it. I get it that you say, look, if the secondary is kind of going to be what it is, then let's try to upgrade the rush as much as we possibly can in order to make up for it. That just might be your option. That just might be it. Mm-hmm. It's a frustrating situation to be in, man. Yeah. And again, it, you're hoping that it's not long term with Marlon Humphrey. You're you're hoping that it'd be really neat if it was week two. Like that would be really neat because everybody I think agrees that you can feel like you get by week one. Like you can survive that, but week two be really nice to have Marlon Humphrey back out there. Yeah. It feels like Ronald Darby. Darby probably. I mean, just because he's the youngest of the kind of bunch. I mean, he's 29. But Ronald Darby is now. This is the other thing too. Ronald Darby is also a in some demand. Because yeah, of what you just said. He's the top. And the Ravens now have a dramatic need. And Ronald Darby's agent knows that. Cameron Dantzler isn't signed yet. I mean, I know he's had, like, injury stuff, but, I mean, he's... It doesn't do anything for me, but nothing does anything for me. Like, that's the <laughs> yeah. reality. No, There's not a player that you're going to name that's going to make me say, yeah, that sounds oh, like okay. a good idea. Yeah, perfect. We're fine. Yeah. yeah, go get that guy. <laughs> They're all here for reasons. Now... Again, if Kyle Fuller, if the reason why you haven't signed Kyle Fuller is because of health, specifically, I mean, we're dating to like a full year, yeah, it was, right? Yeah, what was it, week one? Yeah, it was the week one. It was week it was one or week two? Jets. Okay, it was week one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're dating to a full year. If health is still the issue, I, I'm i not opposed to signing Kyle Fuller anyway because even, even with Marlon Humphrey, you are going to need more depth at corner. Mm-hmm. So even if the guy can't help while Marlon Humphrey's out, I still would be in favor of having that person around 
if you think he can get back to a place where he can play. Right. I mean, even if even if he's essentially what Marcus Peters was last year, you know, coming off the knee injury and, you know, wasn't clearly wasn't, you know. Yeah, it wasn't the same, but was still better than some other options. Mm-hmm. Now, I I think that's a stretch for Fuller, but mm-hmm. yeah, not impossible. They at least could provide depth at the position. Sure. You know, sign Ronald Darby and sign Kyle Fuller and sign them all. Go sign everybody. They they still have nine million dollars of cap space, don't they? I Something think so. Like yeah, because it was you know, it was either, so it was either good thing they didn't sign Dalvin Cook. Yeah, right. <laughs> sign them all, and and you know, hopefully Marlon Humphrey's there early. the The bigger question would be: Are you willing to swing an in season trade for a veteran cornerback once one of these teams knows, hey, we're not that good? Are you willing to do something like that as the season goes on? We'll see, but can't can't get around it. Not good. Just not good. Well, let's get a tidbit, shall we? Ezekiel Elliott wearing 15 for the Patriots. It's not as exciting as Teddy Bridgewater wearing number 50. 50. <laughs> I hate whenever you bring up number-related things. <laughs> I hate it. God damn, Teddy Bridgewater wearing number 50 does it for me. I, I, I agree. I, I, I'm excited for it. I hope he gets in a lot. Wasn't there a college quarterback that wore a number like in the 20s? <sighs> Because oh, maybe they had right. switched a position. And he was wearing like 24 or something. No, I don't know. Who was that? Mm, it's going to mm. drive me nuts. It was Jared Lorenzen. Jared Lorenzen wore number 22 in college. The late uh, Jared Lorenzen, which is sad. The hefty lefty. Mm. God, man. I was I wild out over seeing a college quarterback wearing number 22. I don't know why I cared <laughs> so deeply about it. but I Oh, my truly... gosh. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what? I'm just like seeing him wearing his jersey. Were you not aware of the phenomenon that was Jared Lorenzen? I, I no, I was not. Oh, not a, not as dude, much as I that hefty been. lefty was a superstar. It's sad he passed away a couple yeah. years ago. Um, dude, the hefty lefty was one of the great college football phenomenons of all time. And yes, you would while out his size, being a left-hander, and wearing number 22. No one at all cared about Kentucky, but we were all in on Jared Lorenzen, <laughs> who also had a like a decent cup of coffee in the NFL afterwards, like a guy that. So the Giants backup for a while, yeah? Uh, I want to say might have even won a Super Bowl as a backup for the Giants or been on a Super Bowl team. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, 2007 was his last year with them. So, yeah. Okay, there yeah. you go. <laughs> there you go, baby. All in on Jared Lorenzen, man. All in. All right, uh, very good. I'm gonna, let's get a tidbit. Yes, yeah. Tidbit is brought to you. I don't know why I haven't been. I think it's because there's just been so much happening today and – then the Marlon Humphrey news coming in, kind of through. I just haven't been sharp, and so I apologize to all of you. I've been off my game I feel like you've been today. Okay. Yeah, just little, little things. Okay, I've been off the. I've been off of it. I also blame West Coast baseball, and I, I, the damnedest thing I talked about earlier in the week with this bed that's set <laughs> at the wrong level. You haven't gotten used to it yet. And or I also think it, it has something to do with we don't have blinds still, still, on the doors downstairs. That's got to end, <laughs> Mrs. Clark. Anyway, Tidbit is brought to you today. Buy your local Toyota dealer and buy a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The thing is, like my kids come downstairs, and now our, our bedroom is right next to the, the kitchen. So the kids come downstairs for breakfast, and they're hooting and hollering, right? And it wakes me up. Or they want to come in and wake me up. And in the past, like, 
All right, love you. I could try to get right back to sleep. Now, with the sun coming in and everything and sleeping on the wrong firmness of a mattress, it's just not happening. So they'll come in at 7 o'clock after I've been wa- up watching West Coast baseball. I'd be like, I'd like to get another hour. Just one more hour of sleep would be wonderful. I don't need to wake up until 8. You got the measurements down? You need me to, like, yeah, I can like, you want me to stop at Home Depot or something? Yeah, you, yeah. Want to be, you want to be hired to be the blind guy? I think we – I thought we had a person. I, I – there's a – I have a – dude – Never, I understand why everyone does their own remodeling. The the, the rigmarole is out of control. You got to do this. The number this. of times I say, when will this be done? Oh, we're going to get to that next. Right, but when? Well, I mean, it's the next thing we're going to do. Right, give me a date. <laughs> we moved in to the, we look, man, I understand I'm very blessed. We had the ability to, to we, we only had one bathroom, one full bathroom in our house. We we're going to have to share a shower with, teenagers and we just decided that wasn't going to work you I mean, just make them share outside or something yes right? but the only place to build a new bathroom would have been downstairs there was gotcha. no room upstairs to put another bathroom in so in order to do that we were going to need to put a bedroom downstairs in order to make it work so okay all good understand a lot of money don't have it. it like if you think my bathroom looks nice you should see my credit card debt like it is immaculate right that'll be something my kids will have to deal with one day i'll just keep pushing it off pushing it off pushing it off but the point is all good understand that like not everybody has that opportunity like i i'm very fortunate in that way to be able to take on such crippling credit card debt i just can't deal with these people i can't like it's the the insanity of when this was good when you know, when you sit down and have the conversation, ah, we'll have all this done in May. No, you won't. It's all it's and August, the, and it's yeah. always something, yeah. dude. You know, we just had no control over like the the shipment times changed, man. Uh, like we had no control yeah, over that happened. And like, it, and you know, there's truth. Like you understand, right. it's not all BS. But you're like, dude, this is my house. Yeah, I live here. <laughs> Do you understand that? Like, this is where I I use the toilet. Where I do naked jumping jacks every day. <laughs> I do my interpretive dances when I wake up in the morning. Like, I live here. I, I could really use anything other than the rigmarole. Like, anything other than that. Just something that is like, I, I know is a fact we can have that done by next week. Or, dude, there's just no way. Like, I know everything that's in front of us. I know what we're still waiting on. Anything that's an answer. Sorry, I'm using this now as therapy. Go ahead. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, you said immaculate, so maybe th- my, my 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 Ranger Oreo yesterday. Uh, I got a point oh nine percent from for immaculate crit. What was yours? You I went used, with. I went with. Well, I went with Kevin Gregg for the Oreo uh, Blue, Blue Jay, Jay for yeah. the Oreo Ranger Joe Saunders. You know, it's really funny. I thought about Joe Saunders, yeah. but then I convinced myself, and I do this all the time. I get guys wrong because I associate them with big moments they had against right, that, that team. Right, so I was worried about that too. Instead yes. of, and, like, no, no. and so I think I brought up Jim Leritz once, like mm. when it was Yankees-Braves. Uh, and I think of that huge home run that Jim Leritz hit in the World Series, and I associate Jim Leritz with the Yankees and the Braves. But Jim Leritz never played for the Braves. <laughs> like, he just hit a home run against them. And so it's just, that happens to me constantly. Right. And I had that come up yesterday where I was like, Son of a bitch, did Joe Saunders actually pitch for the Rangers? Or I just think that because I remember him making a massive start against the Rangers. I think he went with he, the next season, right? Yeah. Or, was it the next season? I think, or, it might or have been. Or the middle of the next two seasons. It might have been. I don't yeah, know. Joe Saunders was a Ranger. I went with um, Tommy Hunter. 
Oh, okay, that's good. I, it was only like a three yeah. percenter, I think. It wasn't a significant one, but it was it wasn't sub one percent. Right. Uh, so Jack Flaherty did throw seventy three pitches through the first two innings, second most by a second most pitches thrown in two frames by a pitcher this year. In all uh, of baseball, in all or of baseball, or? in all of baseball this season, yuck. Uh, the player with Jordan the most, Miles, not Jordan Lyles. Yeah. It is surprising, a little surprising. It happened in the last two weeks, apparently. Uh, Dylan Cease threw seventy nine pitches in back to back innings Rough. for the White Sox, uh, and then uh, Jay Jay Kuda had a good one uh, yesterday uh, in nineteen ninety seven. Craig Vigio played all one hundred sixty two games. Yeah, this is random as hell. He was hit by pitch thirty four times. Did not ground into a single double play. Meanwhile, in nineteen eighty three, Cal Ripken Jr. He played in every single game that season, of course. He was not hit by a single pitch that entire year, and he grounded into 24 double plays. Sure. I, I, I have no idea. I don't what know that, how Craig you didn't ground into a double play. It's wild, yeah. right? Well, I mean, he was the leadoff hitter. Yeah. Okay. Was, were they yeah. still in the National League at that point? He, that was 97, so... I think he was still leading off at that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, were they still? And they were still in the National yeah. League in 97, so he was coming up after, after a pitcher. After somebody didn't get on. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, the pitcher is the ninth hitter at that yeah. point, so they pitcher weren't the, the most likely scenario. It's still an, a crazy anomaly, yes. <laughs> but there there are factors that can make that more understandable. His first at-bat of each game was with was definitely with nobody on base, and then the next couple at-bats of the game were coming up immediately after, you know, worst hitter and pitcher. <laughs> So, like, it's still I mean, crazy. Then checks out. Checks so out. So crazy. It was zero, but there were mitigating factors. Uh, Monday night, Max Scherzer recorded his sixth career game with ten strikeouts and one or fewer hits allowed. It is the tied for the fourth most games by a pitcher uh, ever with uh, ten strikeouts and one or fewer hits. Can you name? Um, I want to have you name the top. Uh, let's do the top nine here. So Scherzer is tied for fourth with six games, ten strikeouts, and one hit or less. Uh, I want to see if you can name the other eight in the top nine for most games. Ten strikeouts. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson is tied, or he's in second place. Ten games with ten strikeouts and one or fewer hits. Nolan Ryan? He gave up hits. That's the only thing that's... Uh, Nolan Ryan is first. Nineteen such games. The longevity. 19 such games for Nolan Ryan. I'm just surprised because Nolan Ryan did give up a few more hits. Mm -hmm. Like, the strikeouts obviously were overwhelming. Uh, Maddox. Uh, Greg Maddox is not in the top nine here. That's surprising. It is. Where's Greg Maddox? All right, we got to move this along. Okay. Uh, Kershaw. <laughs> uh, Kershaw, yes. Tied for, tied for seventh. Five games. Sounds like he's on the list. Yeah, he's on the list. Just giving all the facts out there. Thank you. Appreciate having all of the facts. <laughs> I don't think that we would have survived. Sorry, yes. Verlander. Yes. He's third. How about eight games for Verlander? I mean, this is all time, right? Yes, there's all no time. so. God, are we, should I be naming old timey baseball uh, names? Two, uh, not yeah, yeah, two two old guys and Bob two Gibson. guys that are still pitching. Uh, wrong, Bob. Bob Feller. Bob Feller. Bob Feller has six games. Uh, Satchel Page. Uh, not Satchel Page. Juan Marichal. Not Juan. Catfish Hunter. Not Catfish. Vita Blue. Not Vita Blue. Whitey Ford. Not Whitey Ford. Jim Palmer. Uh, not Jim Palmer. Walter Johnson. Not Walter Johnson. Christy Mathewson. <laughs> no. Babe Ruth. No. 1950s and 60s. Don Drysdale. Not Don Drysdale. Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax, indeed, is on this list. Just had a short tenure. That's the only surprising mm-hmm. part about that. I guess the, the sheer brilliance of it. Uh, Pedro Martinez. Uh, not Pedro. 
The other two guys are active pitchers. The other two guys are active pitchers. Yes. DeGrom? Uh, not Jake DeGrom. Adam Wainwright? Not Wainwright. Active pitchers. And we've already named Kershaw, and we've already named Verlander, yeah, and sure. started with Scherzer. Scherzer. Active pitchers. They're both left-handed. Both left-handed. Mm-hmm. Um. Wow. <laughs> uh, Not giving any hints. Yeah, I didn't ask for one yet. Okay. Although it is twelve twenty-eight, yes. I might have to. Um. I already said Kershaw. Okay. Left-handed. Nothing, nothing yet. Nothing yet. Chill, man. All right, all right. Chill. <laughs> Chris Sale. Chris Sale is in fact on this list. Five such games of ten strikeouts and one or fewer hits. Man, because you're trying to think of older guys, right? He's pretty much in his prime right now. He's pretty much in his prime right now. Been pitching very well of late. It's gonna drive me nuts. In his prime right now. Yes. Pitching well of late. You're probably gonna mention him on tubular. Probably gonna. Oh, Blake Snell. Really? Blake Snell. Blake Snell has six such games of ten he strikeouts and one. He's too young to be on this list. Right. All right, very good, very good. All right, yes, I am going to mention him in tubular. Thank you for that. And I am, I would yell at you for spoiling it, but oh, okay. we need it's twelve twenty nine. We got to do that. <laughs> Here's what's coming up: totally tubularized. Tubular is brought to you by Superbook. Again, the code is Glenn Clark twenty three. Sign up right now. First bet match up to two hundred fifty dollars. Win or lose. That simple. Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. Uh, indeed, Orioles Padres rubber match tonight. A little bit earlier, eight forty tonight on Masson two. Dean Kramer and Blake Snell, also on MLB Network in Milwaukee or Los Angeles. Uh, Mass and Red Sox Nationals at 7. That's also on ESPN+. Plus. MLB TV, the free game is Angels-Rangers at 8. MLB Network, Pirates-Mets 1, Rays-Giants 4. Uh, Yankees-Braves 7, Brewers-Dodgers 10.30. ESPN's got Little League World Series coverage all day. Uh, a tennis channel uh, for the Western and Southern Open out in Cincinnati tonight. Francis TFO plays a little after 8 o'clock against Stan Vavrenka. Uh-huh. So that's kind of a fun one. Uh, Super Cup this afternoon, Man City and Sevilla at 3 on CBS Sports Network, TBS for AEW Dynamite at 8. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, no, not a whole lot. MasterChef tonight, uh, the series finale of Riverdale on the CW at 9, and then Netflix has a docu-series, uh, Depp versus Heard. So it's just yeah. kind of literally recapping yeah, I'm, I'm good. the Johnny I'm, Depp, I'm good. Amber Heard I'm good. defamation no, thank you. case. No, thank you. It was what? I mean... Thank you. It's not for me. We got, let's go. Let's go. let's go. It's 12.30. It's not worth spending the time talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I love you, but we're not doing that. <laughs> Thanks to, to uh, Shanda Brigantz. Thanks also to Maverick Hanley and to Rita. Get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. Uh, tomorrow, Brian Newberry, new Navy football coach, is going to join us. Jonathan Mayo, right, is yes, tomorrow? Yes, Jonathan Mayo from MLB Pipeline. And uh, we'll go to Bowie, talk to Keegan Gillies. He has a one-and-a-half ERA this season with the Bay Sox. So. Okay. Yeah. All right, very good. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, Superbook, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Washington County, the Maryland Cycling Classic, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Tonight, 7 to 9, Rita and I on 105.7 The Fan. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.